Sometimes I like saying it's just you, me, and Super D. That's what it is today. And y'all you know, chime in on the chat, wherever you're going to chat from, whether it's robertscottbell.com slash listen or the various places we're not banned. Join in. We got a lot to cover on the Robert Scott Bell Show today, uh, including malaria back in the United States. I wonder if they're going to uh, ban hydroxychloroquine. Is, is Fauci still around? We'll get to that. Five worst uh, causes of gut inflammation. I'll tell you why four of them are not really the cause. <laughs> we'll get through that. The AMA deems body mass index. They call it the R word now. It's the R BMI, apparently. It's the R BMI. Racist, is it? Well, we'll see where that goes. We got a lot more to do. It's you, me, and Super D. Let's have some fun today, shall we? Yes, let's. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, we could be all over the map today because uh, I'm not constrained by uh, any guest. That, that not only, I don't feel constrained by guests, but you know how it is when you, when you have a guest on the show. You, I really want to focus on them and spotlight them and highlight them. Instead, now I can spotlight and highlight Super Don for the entire two hours, put him on the in the, in the hot seat because you know he doesn't get enough airtime uh he i don't think he's cantankerous enough today so i'm just kind of triggering him for a good show <laughs> that's that's the unexpected aspect of uh you never know what's going to happen on the robert scott bell show uh we've got a lot of uh stories to cover that relate to health because that's a primary focus of course of this show because my motivation is to uh remind you that you do indeed have the power to heal uh, how that manifests for you might be a little different or a lot different, but the recognition that you're guided by something far higher and smarter and more profound than anybody with a degree of any kind, even though those could be maybe helpful in some cases, just a reminder that uh, your connection to source, your divinity is the thing that can guide you beyond uh, all learned institutions or institutions of higher indoctrination, if you if you really really want to get well. Now, I say this in context with a, a, another a tragic story of a young athlete that has perished following uh, the COVID uh, injections. And this is a story in the Defender about a 28-year-old pro basketball player dying of a heart attack uh, less than two years after he told fans that the Pfizer shots specifically led him to develop vaccine-induced myocarditis. Now, this is a guy named Oscar Cabrera Adamis, and he, was, he, he died during a stress test. So you're, you're basically in a health center doctor's office getting a stress test on your heart. This was in the DR, the Dominican Republic, uh, and he collapsed on the court during the game. Again, this is prior to that, but he ended up dying while taking a stress test. So you're in under medical care and they couldn't even save him in the midst of that, which should tell you all you need to know. If you didn't figure it out then about the people that promote COVID injections, experimental injections, and I would expand on that, any injection specifically as it relates to what they call vaccines. Now, yesterday we had Dr. James Lyons Weiler on from IPAC. Remember that IPAC-EDU.org and use the code RSB to get 10% off all, you know, all the different courses that you can take there uh, so that you can be 
well-versed in the information that could curtail you succumbing to violent or threats of violent pressure, whether it be peer pressure or a threat of loss of, of your job, loss of your freedom to travel or loss of uh, your livelihood and home, etc. If you don't take this stuff. Now, in the case of this Oscar uh, Cabrera Adames, you know, could, would he have been saved had he been listening to people, the few of us initially, who said don't do it based on what it is and what it isn't and the claims that they had? I don't know. But you know a lot of people now in this audience, you know, maybe they're not in this audience, but that were pressured into taking the COVID injection because of the fear of the loss of a job, the loss of travel, the loss of the ability to be part of your sports team. We've highlighted some athletes and even those in the professional sports arena like referees, et cetera, who were also threatened or actually lost their jobs because they refused to take the, the injection. And so he took it and didn't hide the connection, yet I'm just hearing about, I don't know, Super Don, if we covered this guy before, but I, to my knowledge, my memory, I'm, I, we're, I'm hearing about this story now long after the fact that he got the jab and immediately said it's the jab or injection that resulted in me having this heart inflammation or inflammatory event. That was not something you'd hear often. People come out and say it directly. And, and it, maybe that's why I haven't heard it. They suppressed it from the news cycle. I thought we might have known it, though. There have been so many stories about athletes falling over and dying that I honestly I can't recall whether this specific one is one we covered or not. Yeah. But, uh, but how many of the athletes that didn't die initially had an adverse event like myocarditis or pericarditis and said right. it, said, I got the jab, like he said, I got the Pfizer jab, and this is why I have this. Right. I don't remember many cases no. of that occurring. No. So I, no. I'm thinking he must have been suppressed. Um, this was uh, apparently, again, this is not in the United States. This happened in the Dominican Republic. Uh, it says in the article, sports commentator Hector Gomez first broke the news on Instagram that this 28-year-old Dominican basketball player plays in the Spanish Professional League and was undergoing the stress test when he died. Now, yeah, is it the thing that caused it? Well, no, no. He, if you have it, a pre-existing condition and you put the heart under stress, yes, that could end up resulting in it, but is it the actual cause of it? It was already there. It just came out under stress. Now, the question is, could that clinic have determined that he already had it coming in? Didn't they know? And wouldn't they have taken precautions? You know, this goes back to hospitalization after collapsing on the court in a December 2021 game. So it was that a year and a half ago now. And he did indeed blame it on COVID-19 induced, uh, COVID-19 injection induced myocarditis. And he cussed about it too. He wasn't holding back. You can see in this article. But he said this, I quote, it was compulsory or I couldn't work. I'm an international professional athlete and I'm playing in Spain. I have no health problems, nothing, not hereditary, no asthma, nothing. I suddenly collapsed to the ground in the middle of a match and almost died. I'm still recovering and I've had 11 different cardiology tests done and guess what? They find nothing. And he said his doctors told him not to play for five months until the inflammation went down. And, and this reminds me of Dr. Batar's final message to all of us, to all of you. Exercise free will. 
And in this case of this young athlete, is it free will to be given an option? Your job is professional basketball, which very few people can make it to that level. It's a high level of not only fitness, but skill to actually be paid to play a game, in this case, basketball. And they give you the option of you can keep your job as long as you take the shot, have the injection. And then someone would say, well, he had a choice. Yeah, I guess on one level, the choice is basically to stop doing what you love to do and you're good at, good enough to be paid to do it. Or risk death in order to play the job, play the game that you love, that pays you and, and supports you and your family, perhaps. But yet you risk death and you risk an injury that you won't even be able to play the game. The very thing you, you they said you couldn't do unless you get the jab, the injection. How is that a choice in reality? Except it's constrained, a choice within a very small pharmaceutical box. And how anybody could defend that as something smart, wise, good, appropriate, moral, ethical, much less in the United States, constitutional. And, and this is where, you know, we get to a, a dilemma scenario of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president, who I find in, incredibly engaging. He's incredibly intelligent. He's got knowledge of things very few people will ever speak of, and he doesn't shy away from if he's asked to speak of these things. Yet he's running for president in the Democrat Party. What's the problem with that? I mean, Republicans are not perfect either as a party. No, I acknowledge that. But of the two at this point, which party had a platform, basically, a de facto platform of forcing people to get jabbed or lose their job, forcing people to get jabbed or lose their ability to travel, forcing people to get jabbed or limiting their freedom to go into any, a grocery store, for goodness sake. Which party platform was more aligned with the, the abs, absolute denial of fundamental freedom to move about the earth cabin unless you succumb to their forceful rhetoric that said you were only a good person if you get an experimental injection of the COVID mRNA variety. And so you can understand my reticence and reluctance, and I would hope there would be reticence and reluctance among Democrats of good conscience. And I, I'd like to think that's not an oxymoron to say that, that there are good people that happen to lean that way and that they would speak out overtly, vociferously against such abolition of freedom such promotion of discrimination against their fellow Americans, red, white, black, yellow, green, whatever race, religion, color, it doesn't matter because it was based on the fear of a germ that wasn't a germ that only existed in reality because of engineering it into existence. And so there are problems, and that's an understatement, to support anybody running in that party because the party is so darn corrupt and I recognize that some of you will throw back in my face and this is not, I, I can, I can handle it. I can take it that like, well, what, you know, what about the Republicans? They're not, you know, they're not all that great either. But on this particular issue, can we acknowledge that as a party, you didn't have the Republican party demanding people lose their freedom unless they get an experimental injection, wear a mask and on and on it goes. And that is a, a significant distinction. And I'm not a Republican. So I'm not saying that in that way. And I would say individually, 
I would support Bobby Kennedy in a heartbeat based on what he stands for, what he believes in. And yes, there are some things that I would still ask questions about. And I think tonight, apparently, I think it's going to be at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, Mickey Willis is hosting a, a kind of healthcare type symposium, policy symposium. As far as I know, I wasn't invited to be on the panel, but that's okay. But there's, there's some good folks on there. It should be fascinating, interesting. And even I, I would uh, rely on Mickey Willis to ask some good questions of his friend Bobby Kennedy, as he distinguished the other night at the Q&A in uh, Loveland, Colorado, after the film The Great Awakening, how much he loves and appreciates and would support Bobby Kennedy, the human being, without question, yet the ties to that party that invested so heavily in suppressing fundamental freedoms of bodily autonomy do you, do you see the difficulty? And we have heard and talked with folks that are largely voting Republican in the past or skipped over to, to the Republican Party because they wanted to vote for Trump, that may be Trump fans, that find Bobby Kennedy as an intriguing candidate because the health freedom rhetoric coming from Bobby Kennedy's mouth is even better than what Trump at some point in time acknowledged and would promote. And, you know, we've got, of course, my one of my best friends in the world, Jonathan Emord running as a Republican and why wouldn't he? I mean, he wouldn't run as a Democrat. And at this point, that Republican party of which he's a part is more closely aligned in support of those principles of freedom and constitutionally limited government. Now, not everybody in the party is that not, you know, the party brass at all, but what do we do? Ignore the fact that we have an individual in Jonathan Emord that could go into the United States Senate and make a dent at least and have an impact at least in steering this country and its body politic back to liberty, back to limit limitations on, on, on government action. What can Bobby Kennedy do as a Democrat Would the Democrats even allow him to make it out of the first or second primary, which he would likely win if it were today, New Hampshire in particular. And, and then some have posited an intriguing scenario. Why won't Bobby Kennedy and Trump get together and run as an independent third party thing and they would wipe the floor like, uh, you know, the, the, the most historic third party candidate combination in history in America? And yet doesn't seem likely, particularly because, um, you know, Trump and his, and his ego and his, unwilling, his unwillingness to acknowledge when he's done something or anything wrong. And in particular, the wrong thing I'm pointing to now is when he intimated he would hire Bobby Kennedy to be on a commission to address, you know, vaccine injury. And apparently Trump was coerced or coaxed somehow into not doing that by Bill Gates, who said it would be a quote unquote dead end. And I look at Bobby Kennedy on this issue and it's like, why did he throw away a lot of uh, easiness in his life? You know, the career in, in environmental uh, law and other things that he's succeeded in to take on an issue that would only bring him derision among the people that he was loved by his own family, Democrats in general, you know, going back in the history of the 20th century. And why would he throw that away? What, to what economic gain really has he really gained economically? When we talk about conflicts of interest, why would he do that? Unless he genuinely cares when he found out the seriousness of what's in a vaccine and the damage it's caused and causing young people in particular. That he would look at Trump and go, if you really cared about the kids, why would you stop this inquiry? And so he's got a legitimate gripe, gripe or beef with Trump and Trump hasn't answered to that. Why would he stop that? 
Why would he listen to Bill Gates over what he knew personally? And I know he knew personally that vaccines can injure and kill. And he knew people in his team on his team in his business adventures ventures that had children that were injured, harmed severely by vaccines. So I'm asking questions. I don't have answers to all of these things, but I, you know, I look at the issue once again of choice of free will. And by the way, I just heard uh, from Kevin Kraft. He says the advanced medicine conference is uh, going forward in, in, you know, to honor Dr. Batar. It looks like the weekend of 22nd of September I'm seeing here. If you guys haven't marked your calendar, do so now. We'll get it up as soon as we have direct confirmation and banners to show you. But the 22nd of September in St. Louis, Missouri, where it was originally going to be held uh, before, uh, you know, the untimely passing of our friend Rashid Batar. Uh, and then the following week will be in Houston for the Healing Strong Conference as well. So that's uh, super nine. If he hasn't added that, he'll be working on that. But Newsweek, um, this is where you get the you know these crazy things. Why does anybody read what we call legacy media or mainstream media? They they called allegations of Cabrera Adames, this basketball player, related vaccine-induced myocarditis, myocarditis, linking it to his heart attack as a conspiracy theory, or these are conspiracy theories. Does anybody give any credence to anyone who says, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory anymore? Does that cause anybody to go, oh, well, I better... I better just dismiss that outright. Anybody besides the most diehard brain dead Democrat? I know that can be offensive to some, but at the risk of offending you, I would rather risk awakening you if it's possible to say, hey, look in the mirror and stop falling prey to the manipulation of CIA or deep state or whatever induced uh, psychosis when they used to say, well, he's an anti-vaxxer, right? And we're still hearing that about Bobby Kennedy. Oh, he's a wacky anti-vaxxer. And I hear this sometimes again from libertarians as well. Diehard libertarians that somehow have uh, still consuming the pharmaceutical Kool-Aid saying, well, what Bobby, K I like Bobby Kennedy on a lot of things, but, but he said some crazy stuff. Really? Like what? That the CIA killed his dad and likely his uncle. Is that crazy? Oh, or that uh, vaccines have not undergone placebo controlled testing before being approved by FDA to hit, hit the market that is then um, an unusual monopoly market that is protected against all liability should that product injure or kill? Is that wacky? Is that crazy? I find, I did finally see the clip on Bill Maher uh, that uh, he did that interview. I think Maher was smoking a cigar and uh, was saying, you, you know, you got your thing on vaccines. He's like, well, I'm not running on that, Bobby Kennedy says. But you're going to be asked about it. He says, yeah, if I'm asked about it, I'll talk about it. And he says, bottom line is, look, the, the, the vaccines out there have not undergone safety testing like drugs have, even though I would argue those drugs are not safe anyway. But yes, placebo-controlled testing, that, that has not been done. The only testing that is ever done is against, not inert placebo, but against other active vaccines or vaccine components, adjuvants, et cetera, which is not true, placebo-controlled safety testing. So any... Uh, data that you get from that is corrupted because it's not tested against something that is inert, like saline, for instance. And so Mar goes, oh, well, that's reasonable. That's what that's my point. If you get past the rhetoric and the mainstream media going, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. He's a kook. He's wacky or any of us that are claimed to be. You can actually engage intellectually, use your th uh, critical thinking skills, much less uh, your gut intuition, God intuition, whatever it is, to sense and feel 
when you're being deceived, when you're being lied to. And how do you know when the CDC is lying, when whoever's the spokesperson for them, is their lips are moving at this point? There are good people like Dr. Peter McCullough who have stepped out and said, you know what, I'm looking at this, this is not looking good. Right from the get-go, he saw it. And yet he was a big supporter of vaccines, as he said on my show, on this show, a few weeks back when we were together in Boise, Idaho. And we were just hanging out briefly again in Loveland. Again, man's got a real, and no pun intended, a cardiologist with a good heart. I mean, really, it's amazing. And he said on this show, I was fully vaccinated. My kids were fully vaccinated. My grandkids will get no vaccines. For people that were criticizing him, oh, I can't listen to Peter McCullough because he's not anti-vaccine enough or anti-vaccine at all. And as Bobby Kennedy says, I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm pro-science. Okay. Look, there are others of you in this audience, like me, are against vaccines. Why? Because I believe fundamentally they're flawed. As an idea, I get it to stimulate artificially somehow an antibody production to maybe give you a leg up on not succumbing to a quote-unquote infectious disease. But I think the paradigm is wrong. The understanding is completely wrong. That there's a great purpose, especially when we talk about childhood development and exposure and overcoming whether you develop antibodies or not that are detectable, these things. A lot of these things are life transitions and maturation processes that have been established time immemorial by that which created us all. And we have abandoned that because we now worship, not we here, but most people worship and, and, and bow down at the church of the, you know, at the altar of biological mysticism or pharmaceutical mysticism, and particularly the vaccine religion or, or denomination within it. And, and so to even consider that the vaccines didn't do all that they claimed that they did in terms of healthful benefits to, to humanity in the 20th century and now, I would say even if we didn't have the data that we do today clearly that shows the vaccines were harmful, not helpful, is that the idea of intoxicating injections is just plain insane. We're going to inject you with toxic poisons and adjuvants and attenuated or live or maybe as we call them killed things as if that's how you normally interact with the world. It bypasses and violates a million layers of what we'd call an immune system, which is not just the microbiome of the gut or the lymphatic tissue or other aspects of immune cell response, but it's the very energy field that you carry through life or that you exude through life. When you live on mission and on purpose, who in vaccinology has considered that at all? That there is a vital force that runs through you, whether you want to go Star Wars on it or not. Innate intelligence, chi or ki, that these things precede physicality. And that you exude such a glow of life and health and abundance that you can walk through walls of microbes and not succumb. Why is it that when encountering these so-called microbes that are called pathogens or disease-causing organisms, that not everybody gets sick or dies when they encounter it? The question, unfortunately, in uh, modern uh, immunology outside of you know those with integrity is, is, is not, never to ask, why did the healthy people stay healthy? When encountering these things, it's only about, see, he got, he got sick when he was exposed to it. You know, I don't deny that, but what about the preceding vulnerability? Why not explore that? Whether it be a biochemical process or what I would say a biofield process that precedes it. 
our bodies as energetic, you know, energetic precursor bodies to the physical body that we can all see, feel, touch, you know, that kind of thing. What about that reality? That's not it because it's molecular reductionism. It's about chemistry. It's about atheistic scientists denying our spiritual energetic reality, resulting in aberrant thoughts and deeds, including injecting toxic poisons or encouraging you to, if not inject, then ingest toxic poisons in the guise of FDA-approved pharmaceutical pills as if you are lacking in that poison, and that's why you have an ailment, illness, symptom, or disease that they diagnose. This is what happens when I don't have a guest on the show. Super Don sends me an article and I run off in a whole lot of different directions. And I don't know in these so-called calf paths of the mind, if you're following this, I sense that you might be, but it is far afield from what you'll hear in most, even what we used to call talk radio shows, but podcast shows. I'm not saying it doesn't exist elsewhere, but taking these stories of horrendous physiological, you know, death and how it was induced and backing out and going, how did we become so vulnerable as to accept this and then even engage in the behavior that we know is self-destructive uh, insurance companies might claim they're suicidal. I won't cover you because you basically committed suicide by taking an experimental investigational drug and injected it into you. Oh, but I had to, did you really have to, you had the choice of, working as a basketball player and getting paid for it or not based on getting the injection, which is not really a choice because why should that be the litmus for any job on planet earth? The only way we will allow you to work here is if you subject your body to experimentation. Nuremberg code abandonment much? Could we call it Nazi medicine without saying, oh, that's a histrionic term. That means nothing. You're just trying to elicit an emotional reaction. No, it actually is what they did. There was no informed consent. And where are the doctors and the Democrats that believe in informed consent, truly informed consent? And informed consent is not just here is the potential risks. Here's the potential benefits. Now take the shot. I've given you informed information. Now you get, not, now you get to consent. No, no, no. Informed consent is after all of that. Even if it's like airy-fairy and beautiful and you will be uplifted like no other, you could still say no and there are no consequences. Other than the risk, the perceived risk you take by not getting it, but you have determined that the risk is greater to be harmed by getting it. And so you then go, okay, I don't want it. Oh, you don't want it? Okay, I've given you information. You've denied me consent. We, you're not consenting to this. So let's carry on. You can come back on the basketball court. No problem. You could still work. Now that's a choice. Whether to get or not get, not you'll be fired if you don't get. That's not a choice. Now you've coerced, you've deceived, you've done all that you could do to violate fully informed consent and the allowance for saying no and then being unmolested afterward. We're not imprisoning you. We're not stopping you from living your life, from loving the people you love, from enjoying life and getting together. No, no, no. You can now carry on with your life. You've said no. It's okay. That's not what's happened here in this case. And this young man is not longer in this physical life. As a spiritual being, I believe he exists and looks back and goes, dude, I am just bummed that I made that decision. Or, you know, I don't know what he's saying on the other side. But seriously, 
when we talk about the Hegelian dialectic playing out between Republicans and Democrats, I'd like to be able to communicate that there are distinctions and differences at the same time we'd go there. They're two wings of the same dirty bird. That's true too. But individually, these are the facilitation or facilities that our politics go through in terms of determining who gets to be in office. Maybe that'll change one day. I mean, throughout the history of America, there have been other parties, but most short-lived, most are gone. And what we're left with is the R and the D. Right now, the D as an established party is the most anti-freedom party you can imagine other than the freedom to abort and terminate babies before they're born. Am I exaggerating? You call me out if I'm exaggerating and tell me. And, I'll, you know, I can handle it. I can interact with you. Look, whether a Republican or a Democrat is pro-war without an an official declaration in the House of Representatives, that means they're both neocons. And the neocons shifted from the George W. Bush party of the Republicans to the Biden and Obama party of Democrats and some Republicans still with very few standing up like Bobby Kennedy as a Democrat and others as Republicans to say, you know what? This so-called war that's undeclared in Ukraine, a proxy war, is doing nothing but enriching the military-industrial complex and likely leading to more death, destruction, and mayhem, and a karmic debt or burden that could be arguably uh, happening right now in our own body politic. When you think about, and, and, and Supernaut, I'll bring you in in a moment because I want to get your thoughts on any and all of this stuff. If we talk about the word karma, which is considered an Eastern word, Uh, I would say Jesus talked about as ye sow, so shall ye reap. That concept of cause and effect relationship. What you put out there will come back to you. And it's just a physics thing. You can talk about in scientific terms of ball bouncing, that kind of uh, thought. Um, But if we look at our body politic being as messed up and corrupt like a third world nation, we would look at tin pot dictators in in the past and laugh and say, ha ha, how horrible that is. I'm glad we're America. And you wonder what's going on in our body politic in terms of uh, the corruption of the bo- of, of the electorate, you know, the, the cheating, the lying, the stealing, the deception, and all of that. And you say, how did this happen? Well, could it be a karmic retribution in terms of the energy we put out as a nation, even though most of us have been ignorant of it? For instance, the CIA manipulating elections for decades and decades and decades in, in countries around the world, whether they be small Uh, Central American or South American countries or large countries like Russia and China? Have we interfered? Has our any of our agencies, so-called agencies, interfered with the election processes in other countries? And if you say no, naive is an understatement. And so you go, oh, could it be that there's a, a, you know, an energetic karmic uh, pattern feeding back on itself here that we're paying the price for allowing our own government agencies to mess with governments around the world and monkey with their elections? Now, some will say, well, you hate America. Clearly, Robert, you hate America. And if anybody has paid attention to this show, uh, you can see the flag behind me from 1776. You know that is not the case. But to dislike what America has become, a lot of it due to an abandonment of constitutionally limited government, where we would be that, what, shining city on a hill, others have said, Reagan, others, based on our behavior, based on our ideals and living up to them, limited government, defense of freedom, inspiring others to live better lives, more engaged in what we call freedom, as opposed to making the world safe for democracy, an abhorrent form of government where, you know, two oncologists and a homeopath vote on how to treat your cancer. How do you protect the rights of the individual, the ultimate minority? You don't do that in a pure democracy, even though our democratic principles of voting exist. I acknowledge that. 
Why were we given a Republican form of government, not a democracy? And yet we still hear that fighting, the you know, keep the world safe for democracy or converting others like Middle Eastern countries, like you know, on the Arabian Peninsula to a form of government that is not part and parcel to their belief system. And we bought favor, encouraged favor with gunboat diplomacy and telling the Saudi Arabia, we'll, we'll protect the kingdom. You just keep our petrodollar rolling. Now, how many days number do we have before that ends? And then what does that happen to all the Federal Reserve note dollars you have been saving, have in your pocket, under your mattress, et cetera? Have you converted to gold, silver, and other things? Have you printed your own money by growing your own food? Are you? Like Super Don is. Super Don is a counterfeiter. He's printing his own money by, by growing his own food now. Now, for anybody at, in the Secret Service, he's not really counterfeiting Federal Reserve notes. <laughs> it's a proverbial printing your own money when you grow your own food. If you start adding up the money you actually save on groceries, it's sort of like that. I hope you understand the difference. Super Don, do you get it? <laughs> you can. Yeah, there you are. Mm. <clears throat> yes, I get it. Thanks for my, uh, let's see, 35-minute opening monologue good lord this is what you've done by not oh that's okay that's all right there's nothing wrong with that yeah at all i know i know it's scripted right from the word go isn't it we got to do this once in a while you know yeah it's true i don't know if we have anybody that's paying attention to anything i'm saying but that's okay i'd love to hear your feedback (laughs) your thoughts are oh we do have one oh look this is not you don't have to say nice things but um melissa does say you're so eloquent rsb I love the way you phrase everything and explain it and wholeheartedly agree. That's very nice of you, Melissa. You know, That's for you. We used to say that, you know, those were uh, like, if you took a call like that, love you, like uh, it, those were called vanity calls. Remember mm-hmm. that in talk radio? I, that just happened. I, I peered down and I saw that. It went right up. I don't know if there's anybody that's like, oh, you hate Democrats. You hate America. <clears throat> Any comments like that today? I uh, you know. I have, Well, yeah. let's see. What do we got over here? On, uh, on, on Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, maybe. Who knows who's on Rumble? Um, Marge is there. Marge says, someday you should try to get on uh, childrenshealthdefense.tv. Yeah. The way you love Kennedy, you should try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? Marge is not a fan of Kennedy. I know. Way. But Marge, look, Marge is very, I don't know if, Marge, you can tell me if you think cynical is the right word to describe you. But you're, <laughs> you're very, you, you don't trust many people. And, and maybe your life has led you to and that. And she doesn't and, pull any punches, oh, too. And I respect that. I, I do, too. I, I do. do. She's, yeah. Sometimes she thinks she says, oh, I've offended you. You're mad at me. No, no, no. That's not the way we are. We love that <laughs> people are bold and they'll state their beliefs. And, yeah. and and even if we'll disagree, at the end of the day, we're still friends, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, you know, when I say I love Kennedy, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, is he my pal? No, I've met him a few times. We've interviewed him a few times. And you don't I, agree with him on everything. No, I don't. No. And and even Mickey Willis is, is one of his good friends is talking about. He's like, I like Kennedy. I'll do anything for him as a person, but I'm not. He hasn't earned my vote, Mickey Willis says, as of today. That's an interesting thing. And I, I think I respect that immensely, too. That's why I opened today talking about these things. Not so I'm telling you, everybody must vote for Bobby. No, that's not it at all. Robert and Bobby sitting in a tree. <laughs> no, that's not what no. I'm saying. All right. Yeah. So anyway, so what was your question for me? Well, now I've lost the question. Okay. Clearly, it's, it's all right, moving far, on. Far past. But I mean, uh, seriously, though. About- Breaking news. Did you see Pat Sajak is retiring? Pat Sajak, he was uh, Wheel of Fortune? Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Yes. So who's Ryan Seacrest is taking over. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. Isn't that interesting? 
Not at all. Not no, even it's a little not, bit. Not really. Not no. even a little bit. It's big news, though. Big I don't news. know why. I don't find I don't that know. to be newsworthy at all. But okay. <sighs> mm. No, I was asking you about you printing money by by uh, growing your own grocery. by growing stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know it's fun. Uh, you know the, I uh, you were the one that, that that pushed me into doing that. Well, uh, I blamed Liam before that, but it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I've now that I've gotten into it, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I, I go out there and check on my plants every morning, you know, yeah. see how they're doing and notice the differences, you know, mm-hmm. they, they do, they change from day to day. If you look close enough, you yeah. can see them growing and, and things happening and stuff. So it's, it's awesome, dude, isn't it? I, I was yeah. out there this morning. Uh, I had to mow the lawn too a little bit and, but to get out there in the sunshine in the summer months, it's like, Oh, how glorious that is. It's yep. just, yeah, I do love it. And I, before you in, know it, it will be gone. Yeah, exactly. We, you, you tend to appreciate it. And I, and I go back to the times where I would tease you every Thanksgiving and Christmas with family pictures from the beach. Yes. And you're like, well, it was horrible of me to do so. And then my car, because I was living here and it was snow on the ground and you know, I'm like, I can't relate outside and you're running around in shorts in the, on the. Yeah. So now I was like, I'm, I've joined you. Right. If I can't beat you, I'll join you. Right. That's right. And we are appreciative. Certainly when you lose something or don't have it for a while, you are much more appreciative of it. And I acknowledge that. Yep. I do. Um, so, Marge uh, replies says, no, I do not trust any people running for president. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. What about Ron Paul back in the day, Marge? Were you a fan of Ron? I mean, if there was ever a, a trustworthy, <laughs> uh, what would you call it? Statesman in our time. Wouldn't it, would you agree that he was as what close would it take yet? for uh, a candidate yeah. to to earn, earn your vote. trust? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think the whole idea of trust but verify kind the whole idea of the Constitution was not to trust your politicians, even the good ones, that they could become corrupted once they went in if they you know were willingly bought out or or compromised to violate their oath of office. And there's a good reason why the Constitution was written, but um, there's also a reason why we were warned not to abandon it, and that just putting good people in to replace bad people would not be the guarantee or guarantor of a limited government that we would have to be ever vigilant to not cooperate with those who would try or attempt to violate our life, liberty, or property, our rights to those life, liberty, and property, et cetera. So well, Bolden asked about what about the prices, right? Uh, I didn't know. Is Bolden a fan of Pat Sajak? Could it be? Yeah. How's his back? How's your back, buddy? Yeah. You doing okay. Get off the couch. Stop watching Wheel of Fortune. No, the price is actually he, he gets out and walks and stuff like that. Wheel of All right, Fortune. so we have got a question in the yeah. uh, chat room here from somebody that's watching on uh, Twitch. Oh, we, we're on Twitch? We're on Twitch. So yeah. Pan, Panasana507 <laughs> okay. says there's a question on the eyes, and the question is, what do you do? With a sturdy eyelid. Sturdy? No, a sty. Sty, okay. A sty eye. Yeah. <laughs> Got a sty in my eye. I've never had a sty, but my kids did. Oh, I had them when I was a kid. I had everything yeah. as a kid, so I was a mess. All right, so what do you do about a sty? Well, they, they we used to do, remember, I'm going back. What, first day. off, what is a sty? Uh, well, it'll often be like uh, coming through the eyelid, uh, mm-hmm. like like at the hair follicle, like uh, almost like a ab- little abscess. You'll see either pus might come out or even hard it's an infection, material. right? But it's, yeah, it's subtle. Yeah. It's an inflammation and infection locally in there. And it can be, uh, addressed. I, when I had it as a child, 
Um, we would put a warm compress, like cotton balls, warm cotton. But we didn't know, we knew nothing of silver when I grew up. We knew nothing of homeopathy when I grew up. So we were also taking antibiotics or using antibiotic ointments. And what a mess that was. So if you have the uh, either the Sovereign Silver or the Argentin 23, you can drop it, spray it. You can put it directly on and in and around your eyes, as I do or have done with my kids and uh, avoided all antibiotics in their lifetime. And basically, uh, homeopathically, if it's like a pus-like infection, which a lot of these dyes are, hypersulfurocalcarium, as I said many times over the years, if you're new, Panasana 507, uh, homeopathic hepar sulfur calcarium. It's not a sulfa drug. So if you're allergic to sulfur or sulfa drugs, it's not that even though it has sulfur in the word as a homeopathic remedy, H-E-P-A-R sulfur or hepar sulfur short, uh, 12X, 10X, 15X, 12C, 2430C, whatever. Get the right remedy. That's more important than the right potency. And you can take that orally, but utilizing the silver topically uh, would be ideal to get you through that. And there are eye washes from Dr. Christopher's. You can get that probably from uh, Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. If you go to choosetobehealthy.com, it's one of the banners we have on our uh, show page at robertscottbell.com. Uh, discount code is RSB5. And, and there's a special place where it's a more tab at the top of the page where you click on that. And you can see all of the things we support and that support us and all of the various discount codes that you get uh, should you want to get, well, a little bit better deal. We want to have the best deal possible. Panasana says uh, that they have the topical silver, yeah, you works because the eyelid is so thin. Yeah, you can use the gel it, uh, if you want. Sure. Yeah. Now, one thing that we did with our kids was when it first when it when it was happening here, we'd use a warm uh, washcloth. Yeah, it's like a warm compress. You know, to try and try and bring it out, out. you know, yeah. and then then use the silver, and that yeah. that that generally worked. If you the thing is, if you went to a doctor, which way back in the day. Uh, mm. One of, one of the kids had, and they ended up going to the doctor. That's all they did was prescribe an antibiotic right. uh, ointment, an ointment so. usually, or or an oral antibiotic as well, yeah. yeah. More of that. You don't have a deficiency of that. Uh, for those of you who are planning to go to the Trinity uh, Health Freedom Expo, there are three days left if you're uh, an exhibitor. You'd like to have a booth there, and there are great people that will come and buy your stuff, services and stuff, whatever it is. Uh, if it's you know more of the natural realm, only three days left to save 100 bucks on your exhibitor booth or sponsorship package by registering before July 1st. Go to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Uh, Super Don, I don't know if I sent you that email, but there's a direct link where you can become a, a sponsor or exhibitor at the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. That's happening, uh, um, let's see, October 13th through 15th, I believe. And there's a Trinity Live, uh, which is just prior to that for healthcare providers, Trinity graduates, students, et cetera. There it is. So uh, three days left to save 100 bucks. The expo is the 14th and 15th, and um, yeah, if you'd like to save 100 bucks on a booth or a sponsorship package, reach out to trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com and uh, be part of it. We'll see you there in Tinley Park mid-October, and there's an application. Oh, there's the number is 888-658-3976, 888-658-3976. That stands for expo, or you can visit the website to learn more. So... Thank you for your consideration in that regard. Super Don sent out an invitation to the Biomed Expo, which will be in September in, I believe that's right, in, uh, that's going to be in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Biomed Expo. And if I look, can you bring up the uh, upcoming events tab? Because it's overwhelming for me to try and remember all of these things, even though sometimes I, I can do it. Yes. 
It's just ridiculous how many right. things are happening with more being added all of the time. So we're doing upcoming events now. All right. If you go. don't mind. All right. There you go. You got it? Okay. So the family union's coming up in a couple of weeks, July 14th through 16th with Leslie and family. And that's uh, outside of uh, Joplin, uh, Missouri. And people are driving in and some are flying in. It's not easy to get to, I realize, but it's going to be an extraordinary weekend of food, family, campfires, music, fun, uh, homesteading, and fun. Did I mention fun? Did I mention organic pie? If you can beat me to the pie, you might get some. Um, but uh, that's coming up. And we got the Maho Summer Splash in July as well. Is that coming up too? Wow. June, July 21st through 23rd. 21st, yeah. And the Whitaker's Farm Market is the 21st outside of Columbus by about 45 minutes. There's a public lecture, a Friday evening lecture. And then Saturday and Sunday with the Maho event. Uh, Red Pill Expo is happening in August, the 12th, 13th of August in Des Moines, Iowa. Get your tickets, Red Pill Expo, G. Edward Griffin. Cancer Control Society is happening uh, Labor Day weekend, September 2nd through the 6th. Glendale Hilton Hotel, Glendale, California. Um, Michael Bolden, you better be there, buddy, if I'm coming that close to you. And then the Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th, uh, 2023. And then I think we just were about to add something. Did you add it already? The, uh, what is that one? That's 29th and 30th. But right in between that is when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to have a busy September because it looks like the advanced medicine conference. Continues. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't have a banner for that yeah. yet. So we just are learning of that like September 22nd. So three unbelievable weekends in a row in September, my gosh, leading in October. So I really got to steal myself and get in even better shape to manage that travel schedule. Unbelievable what's coming up. But uh, this is uh, the, um, we just added to this in Houston, the 2023 Healing Strong Conference, September 29th and 30th, Houston, Texas. And Susie Griswold and the family there, they're amazing. Uh, many years ago, a Ty and I spoke and many of our friends spoke there in Atlanta. So that's happening. Also, Pittsburgh has a professional training event, October 6th through the 8th. Uh, in Pittsburgh through Nutritional Frontiers. And also, if you're going to be in Utah, the Your Health Freedom Symposium, you're going to have to decide where you want to be for that, October 6th and 7th as well. And then if we go down further, there's the Health Freedom Expo again. And that's uh, the Trinity Live is the 12th and 13th right before it. And does that wrap it up for now, or is there more? Oh, wait, no, there's more. November 3rd, 4th, and 5th, uh, we have a big event in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona as well with the Warners. So, Look, one or any or all of them, we'd love to see you there, but there are many opportunities to get together. And I will encourage you that if you haven't experienced an event in person, you know, since before COVID or, or whatever, you're missing out on life is really worth living when you connect with good people like this. In addition to what we do on the show, which I love to do, but please uh, plan to be at one or any or all of those events as well. So thank you for indulging me on the upcoming events uh, tab of the Robert Scott Bell Show website, robertscottbell.com. All right, let's see what else we got. All right, let's be afraid. Let's be afraid for a minute. Why? Why? Ready? 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 Ready for the next pandemic? Okay, go. Here it comes. All right. Five people contract malaria within U.S. borders. Such cases in two decades. Um, Now, interesting, four people in Sarasota County and one in Cameron County, Texas. Sarasota is where sovereign silver is made. And I've told the story about the, 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 Stephen and, and, and Ruth Quinto, who, oh man, they, they were living in the jungle in their latter years of their life, and they got malaria multiple times out in Vanuatu, and they were able to overcome it with uh, the bioactive silver hydrosol. So if you're in Sarasota County, Florida, I'm not concerned you have access to that. But uh, the other thing is, 
hydroxychloroquine or chloroquines or quinolones. These are the things that are derivatives of the cinchona tree, the bark of the China tree. And we know it as quinine or cinchona in homeopathy. And it is uh, the reason homeopathy got its start was observations of uh, ingesting the bark of uh, you know, this Peruvian bark. And it caused symptoms that mimicked malaria. And Hahnemann went, oh, I wonder if it can deal with uh, fevers and other things like that, much less malaria. And yes, it could. And homeopathy got its start there. Yet in this article and any mainstream article, is there ever a mention of the start, the very start of one of the most widely used forms of medicine on planet Earth, homeopathy? Is there any reference to the fact that we've had the remedies for malaria for 250 years or so? No, no mention at all, which tells you why you should not pay attention or exclusively utilize mainstream media as your source of information because they'll either lie to you or they'll tell you partial truths and leave out some really good parts that can help you overcome something like malaria, which you can. And I hate only, mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquitoes are a scourge. And, and I've had talks with God, I'll admit it. God, of all the things you created, I don't mean to be blasphemous, but why? <laughs> what why? was the purpose of the mosquito, really? Yeah. I mean, and he always what? comes back and he says to feed the frogs. And I go, but humans are turning frogs gay. That's something, isn't it? Uh, well, that wasn't part of the no, plan. They'll, they guys. still need to eat, whether they're gay or not. <laughs> anyway. There's lots of other things they could eat. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's part of the life circle, so to speak. Be an uh, interesting yeah. question to ask somebody, though. It's like, what yeah. real honest, what purpose does the mosquito play in the right. environment Killing if you got rid of all the mosquitoes yeah. would the you know would the world come to an end well Makes there would be other birds and other things that might not do well without them i i think but yeah i i, I know admit, everything has a purpose much. but yeah. all right duck bill platypus <laughs> what is that who, who who engineered that yeah all right uh there's a story about here the five worst causes of gut inflammation if I have time to go into that real quick, I will. And I'll tell you four of them are not really causes. I don't know if you noticed that, Super Don, in this article. But it's a good article if you want to read how four-fifths of what they say are is wrong. <laughs> well, it gave you, gave you the opportunity to make this a teachable moment, right? Exactly. I'm not complaining. I think these go. are all wonderful teachable moments. So the headline reads, these are the five worst causes of gut inflammation, according to a new study. Uh, and they, they're talking about risk factors of inflammatory, inflammatory bowel disease in pediatrics. So let's look at these and go through them and see if you agree with me or disagree. Okay. You can. One, number one, infection. Well, see, the reason why I say infection isn't the number one cause is because <laughs> here's the question. What precedes the infection? What provides for the right environment for what we call infection? That is the overgrowth of a dysbiotic microorganism, something that you didn't necessarily even have to catch, that it started outgrowing its welcome within your microbiome. It begs the question is, how did it become a problem? So I can acknowledge partially that it's, it's a partial truth. You have an infection, which is partly due, well, partly uh, inflammation as well, causing damage and harm to the uh, gastrointestinal tract. But the infection is not the cause. My point is, what is it that made you vulnerable for this overgrowth or imbalance scenario? Okay, so there's first one. Number two, they say autoimmune conditions. I mean, this is, this is not a cause of your problem. It's describing a problem. 
autoimmunity, which might precede or might be accompanied by gastrointestinal inflammation, often is inflammatory bowel disease. When you have your immune system attacking the cells of self, the question is, why is it doing that? That's never answered when they say it's a cause of these inflammatory bowel conditions. So I don't disagree that it's associated with it. It's present at the same time, but is it really one of the worst causes of it? Not if you don't acknowledge that there's a cause for autoimmune disease and they don't acknowledge, or if they do, they go, we don't know what it is. Here, take this immunosuppressant drug. Have some more prednisone on a potato chip if you want. All right, number three on the list, food allergies. Once again, food allergies are not the cause of gut inflammation. In fact, I would argue it's in reverse. The inflammation will precede the allergies. Now, could they be caused by food that is grown with toxic chemicals or may contain loads of glyphosate? Yes, that's not mentioned here. But they're talking about ingestion of allergens in the food leading to cramps and things. I know this was my life, but were they the cause of my gut inflammation or were they the result of my gut inflammation? Like the infection, it's a result of the inflammation, the result of the imbalance of the terrain. Like, you know, the autoimmune conditions. It's the result of years and years of gut inflammation. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, number four, we can sort of agree on actually. <coughs> Maybe it's three-fifths wrong. Maybe I'll give, them, I'll give them credit for this one. Medications, both over-the-counter and prescription drugs, can be big contributors to inflammation. Okay? Well, do I have an argument about this? No. Except, what are the reasons you took the drugs to begin with? That were not necessarily anti-inflammatory drugs, but could have been any other drugs. But they do mention ibuprofen, Advil, and Motrin. Causing isn't, it, isn't it interesting how when you're taking a anti-inflammatory drug, it can cause inflammation. inflammation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like cures like or like causes diseases of like manifestation. They're injuring you with these drugs, but the question is, why did you take an NSAID? That meant that there was likely inflammation and pain that preceded it that may have already been there, and this only exacerbated a, a pre-existing condition. So, it's a partial correct medications can cause the GI issues, but the reason you're taking the medications might be more important. And then we go back to the food and they talk about allergies, but not the food itself. Now, number five, they actually mention diet, although they go right to fatty foods, although they, they sort of try and differentiate, but they say a diet high in processed and fatty foods, fried foods can cause a disruption the natural balance of your GI tract. But they don't mention that if you fry foods in vegetable oil or hydrogenated oils, trans fats occur. And these are very highly inflammatory aspects of a degraded fat that cannot withstand high heat. So if you are eating something that contains a vegetable oil, make it be the vegetable itself as opposed to expressing the oil from the vegetable and then using it in some way where it becomes rancid and toxic and inflammatory. So I have to differentiate when they say diet, what they reference. Yeah, I'm not into high processed and, and, and let's say omega-6 fats. That is indeed problematic. But what do they say when they define poor diet? There's not one reference here to a diet that includes food grown chemically. That is grown with synthetic pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides that contains glyphosate residues. So they get away with saying, see, we did say diet, but they are loath to actually define diet other than saying 
stay away from high fat. And they'll often say red meat, even though it isn't the meat per se, it's how the meat was grown or raised, you know, whether it be a cow or otherwise in factory farm conditions or not. So uh, let's see their takeaway causes of gut inflammation can be many, only some of which are within uh, our control. Really all of these things I believe are in our control. They say, well, they, they don't believe it is. Infection, that's a random act of whatever, right? Autoimmunity, we don't know what causes it. So it's not even food allergies. Who knows why you have food allergies so it's not in control? You know, medications, I guess you could not take the medication. So they're, they're basically claiming that three-fifths of this stuff, or maybe four-fifths, I don't know, are not in your control. Again, you're a victim. And I grew up this way. I grew up feeling I was victimized because the experts, the doctors didn't know really what caused any or all of my ailments. And so I was on all the medication. I was eating the trans fatty foods from fast food. I was eating refined foods. I was inflamed. I had gut inflammation, horrible gut inflammation. So when we come back from this uh, top of the hour break, if you don't mind, you can indulge me for our new viewers and listeners. I will quickly review the most rapid route of restoration of your gut not just microbiome, but the proceeding home for the microbiome, healing the lining itself. We'll go through that briefly, and then we'll get into uh, another inflammatory component from the environment from 3M that they've settled for like over $10 billion to pay back stuff. And then those of you who are into hydration and you think it's about drinking, no, apparently the only way you're supposed to hydrate is through intravenous therapy. Okay. And the AMA deems that the BMI is racist. We'll get into that. And yeah, a little bit from Canada. Hello, my hoser friends up north. Love you. Appreciate you. Appreciate all y'all. We got our AMA coming up this Saturday. So uh, be part of our uh, patron community and you can join us noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on July the 1st. And that'll be our technically our June AMA. And we'll do another AMA later in July as well. But thank you for being here. God bless you all. I love you. Appreciate you. And the power to heal is yours. This hour, fat pills on the loose, or fat pills make you loose. Or maybe, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Stand by for that coming up this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Just you, me, and Super D. Occasionally, Super D opens his mic so reluctantly, but anytime I bring up uh, his granddaughter, Riley, and he beams and, and, and stands up straighter, it's like, yep, my little granddaughter. Why wouldn't you? You'll, 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 you'll get there uh, one day. You'll, yes. you'll, you'll be able to experience. It, the by the way, it's not a criticism. I think it's cute. I think it's I adorable. Know. Yes. Um, so yep. did they have the finale or an award ceremony at T-Ball? It was, yeah, it was last Saturday. I uh-huh. I, can't, I just kept forgetting that. Cause I know I'd said I was, I had a video. Yeah. So what they did is they had the, uh, all the kids show up, the ones that did show up, uh, and they got a medal and they got mm-hmm. to run the bases. So I, I put together a little video. It's only about a minute long. Oh, and this is okay. this is Riley. She, in fact, she was the only one that showed up on her team. Their their coach was a loser. Okay, all right. We won't it's like, name oh them. well, not everybody's going to show up, so I have plans or whatever. I'm like, you know, you're the coach. It's your responsibility okay. to be there. Yeah, with you your, or your, your wife should coach next time. Oh, dude, I no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. All right. Um, 
But anyway, so my daughter instead stood in, in the place of the coach because he mm-hmm. didn't show up and uh, had Riley thing. So here's here's just a short little video of what happened last Saturday. ceremonies they got to run the whole base look at that she's fit she's not slowing down that's adorable so there you go thanks, thanks for, for thanks for humoring me Dude, no, thanks for bringing a smile i think to us all i, I <laughs> We need to find smile time, you know, in the midst of all of this stuff. And that's, you know, seeing a little kid play T-ball or get the medal at the end and run the bases. That's a high smile time. Yep. Yeah. Very Very proud of her. So now, now mom is uh, trying to figure out what to put her in next Mm. because she's done dancing, gymnastics, Mm -hmm. T-ball. What's another summer sport? Swim team. Um, You know, I've heard, I've heard some rumors of soccer. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, so we'll see. very dangerous sport. Usually at this age, that age, it's not a danger, but uh, it's funny how you think certain sports are dangerous, and you find out, man, soccer can be pretty vicious. But uh, yeah, keep those kids active. That's, That's really right. great. Thanks for sharing that. That was adorable. Uh, let's see. Pfizer is going to end development of an experimental obesity pill. You think that they would not want to end? That because this is like what what's happening with Ozempic? I mean, it's like a blockbuster, blockbuster. Even though it's not sold, dude. I, you know, I, I do remember uh, back in the seventies. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, weight loss drugs was a that, that was a big thing. It was there. There was oh. this huge thing, and it was all basically it was it was, it was speed. Amphetamine. Yeah, it was speed. everybody was on speed losing yeah. weight. Speed and cigarettes. We can lose weight too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but then there was the Fen Fen and Redux of the nineties. And that was right? later on. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, so the, the eternal, let's say attempt to shortcut nature and have a magic pill that can make you skinny uh, is still something that uh, people desire rather than actually working their tushies off. They want to take a pill to make their tushies fall off. And some of them make that happen. Like goes their hair fall off too. Yeah. So Pfizer was working on a, an obesity pill and apparently it elevated liver enzymes. So basically it was so liver toxic that they couldn't continue with it. Which apparently li- when, if you have elevated liver enzymes, that means that damage is taking place potentially, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. very much so. And yeah. it's measurable. Oftentimes they don't measure things like I call liver congestion until it's way, way late, years late, in fact. Uh, but I, But why should this stop them? I mean, think about this. Super Don, do you know anybody, any kids, teenagers with acne? Of course. 
So have you ever heard of the drug Accutane? I have. Yeah. A uh, very dangerous drug that, in fact, if you're put on it for acne, you have to have your liver enzymes monitored monthly. And yet they're still selling that drug. So yep. you think that if that's the case, they could have just put on a warning label, hey, you want to lose weight, but you're going to have to have liver analysis every month on this drug. Now, this is not me advocating that they should put it on the market. I'm just saying, what what's the difference, right? You got an acne drug, which let's... <laughs> Let's be honest. It's it's driven by vanity. Although acne, well, what? Well, I was gonna say. I, I remember when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. uh, I I had an acne situation, like many do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was put on tetracycline. Yep, that's often uh, for for a period of time. And I yeah, think there was like some. What was something about you couldn't be out in the sun for very? Yeah, it made you something. photosensitive. Uh, yeah. So. You had to be very careful on tetracycline, but of course it would damage the microbiome, furthering other problems. Once again, right. modern medicine never met a problem that it didn't want to make worse. And so Accutane, which uh, apparently works uh, in severe acne cases, is also, again, very liver toxic. Uh, and, and very much like weight loss drugs, they're often driven by vanity, although I can acknowledge some people it's a health issue and they look at it that way. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, the, the proverbial pizza face, uh, the question is, is it an oil problem? Are you spewing too much? But could it be a dietary problem? Are you eating the garbage oils, for instance, causing inflammation in the skin or compromising the liver so that the well, skin... Well, okay, but now, now let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about this for a second because yeah. uh, it's it's a thing that kicks in during puberty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, teenager, teenagers will get it more than adults will right. or, or adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is it not also related to the hormonal change as well, uh, going through puberty? Sure. Well, that's why I mentioned oil production, for instance, but okay. it's also a cleanliness issue. You know, you've got to, when you have a lot of oil trapping things in the skin and then it creates little mini infections. So those dirty teenagers. Yeah. So, um, okay. utilizing a little bit of better hygienic habits, and I don't mean using toxic chemicals to clean your skin. However, interestingly enough, do you have the uh, image like of Clearsil? You mean? Remember, I used Clearsil. I remember having. A, we yeah. had Wolfman Jack, right? Remember yeah. our old, old age? He was promoting Clearsil for acne, uh, and I didn't have the cystic acne. That's a more severe form of acne that can leave scarring. Clearsil that had like a little pigment color in it too. So. Yeah, right. It could do a, like yeah. a cover up kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I do. We, we teenagers from the, the 60s <laughs> and 70s. I haven't thought years. about that in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I would just, um, oh, you know, the picture, the image that's coming to mind is the new Sovereign Silver Healing Gel. We got a 20% uh -huh. off deal plus a free bottle of silver with it to get. You know what? And that, that is a great uh, uh, point because. Yeah. My my daughter, which you saw in the uh, in the video there, mm -hmm. uh, she is a huge fan of the healing gel. She used to use it for her acne all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, God, I, I can't believe. I mean, I, I'm still thinking about this. They, they they were teenagers when when I first started working with you. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So blemishes and and acne and stuff like that. They, she used it. Uh, she loved that stuff. Yeah. So anybody that's got a facial issue or any, it could be a pump, pimple on your bottom, you can utilize the healing gel. And there's a little scan you can do, uh, the QR code, or you can just go at robertscottbell.com, click the link, the banner. It'll take you right there to get the deal. 20% off. This is a pre-order because it's a new 
uh, delivery method. So you don't at the bottom of the, the, the bottle, you can't get the silver out. You, now you can get it all out. So this is great news, great advancement. Uh, so that's available for you for acne. But this comes back around to the Ozempic pill now in terms of uh, vanity, losing weight rather than changing your diet and lifestyle. Um, how are they still, how is this Ozempic still on the market? Now, it's not only on the market, they're trying to market it as a pill instead of an injection. So oh, they dude. Expand well, that market. And that's just it. It's, uh, you know, because right now it's an injection. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of like you would do with insulin. Yeah. Uh, and because originally it was for diabetes anyway. But yeah, so now they're trying to figure out how do we get this into a pill form because some people don't like needles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they figure, hey, if we can get this in a pill, man, we're gonna we're gonna double our profits on this. <laughs> exactly. Just pop people. a pill, and their hair yeah. can fall out, and they can mess the the, themselves face. in the bed, and Olympic butt, yeah, Olympic and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and then I, I'll bet you it would be cheaper that way too, mm-hmm. so that we could get more people on it. Super D, we've talked about your journey through Louisiana. And ha- was that considered your turning point in terms of your love of that food that put on a little bit of weight? I, yeah, I, I gained, <laughs> I probably gained 30 pounds in Louisiana. I never got rid of it. So the, the question is, have you ever had a, a concerted attempts in your lifetime where you felt I'm a little heavy, I want to bring it off and succeeded without an injection or a drug? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It takes some discipline. Right. And yeah. it, it requires some work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I don't do a lot of that now. And right. so I can relate to people who uh, go, ah, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time for that, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty. No, uh, partly, so I can understand. partly super D it's, it's due to your time. And I know your time is valuable. You have very little of it extra, even for sleep. And so that doesn't help. Uh, but when you did do activity or if you were to decide, Hey, I'd love to do, what would be it fill in the blank that you actually enjoy as opposed to, Oh man, I got to do this. Right. I'll tell I think you. that's a big problem for people that don't like exercise. They haven't found the one they like. Yeah. I'll tell you. Um, I had kind of a, a, a light bulb moment go on when I was, uh, at the coast. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll tell you, if I, if I could figure out some way to live by the, 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 the coast. Yeah. Closer to the coast. I would be walking all the time because anybody who's, who's gone to the beach mm-hmm. will, will know what I'm talking about. Because if you like walking the beach, mm-hmm. you just start walking, you're looking around, you're looking for shells and stuff and you're like that. And before you know it, mm-hmm. you've just walked a mile down the beach and it just seems like it went by in five minutes. So it was an enjoyable exercise. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's the way to do it. Um, so what about uh, hikes in the hills and mountains where you are? Have you found any that would draw I'm not you? Not a in hiker. Like I mean, if I was going to do it, I would. I would go to the gym. I just would. That's oh. just, you know. I mean, I could walk on a treadmill and you know listen to some music while I'm doing it, or mm-hmm. or or whatever. You know, the okay. the recumbent. Rec- what do they call that? The recumbent bike. Recumbent bikes or something. Yeah, like. which is something that I like. So. Gotcha. So yeah. it wouldn't be hot yoga then. It would not be goat yoga. No. Not goat yoga either. Okay. <laughs> oh, how about goat milk yoga? Um, we could get you hooked up with Leslie. She's milking the goats every day. Maybe yeah. she does goat milk yoga. We'll have to find out at the RSB Family Union. See, now now I got a mad respect for somebody like Lori. What? She says, Lori's doing it. intermittent fasting and walking five to seven miles per day. Wow. That's Lori. Amazing. Hats off, dude. That's, that's a good amazing. walk right there. Yeah. Yeah. Lori, I forget. Are you coming to the RSB Family Union? Are you going to make it to uh, Joplin area, Missouri? 
14th through 16th. We're getting close. That's why I'm asking. It's like, eh, if you guys were thinking about it, come on, let's do it. It's going to be a great weekend. Taryn Gregson and her family are going to be there. Kid, kid-friendly. Um, I think Ben Tapper said he's, he's coming and uh, hopefully he'll bring his family. Get to hang out a little bit at the uh, event uh, last weekend in uh, Loveland. It promises to be really delicious with organic pie. You know, that here's the challenge for everybody. If you come, can you get to it before I eat it all? <laughs> That'll be the contest. That'll be can the, you get yeah. even one slice before RSB eats it all? They have a pie eating contest. Are you a glutton, Robert? Yeah, maybe when it comes to pie. I don't know. I can eat some pie. Nice piece of pie. All right. Makes everything right in the world. That's the one thing that was good about what the, the uh, I think the Tommy Lee Jones thing in, in uh, Men in Black, he would say that, you know, when all the hell is breaking loose, just stop, have a nice yeah, a piece, piece of pie. pie. Yeah. And it makes everything right. Everything right. Uh, all right, let's see. We got a $3 million, oh, 3M. 3M offers $10.3 billion to settle the PFAS contamination suit. But now, it this, many times more to clean up the public water supplies. This this got my attention. I don't know if this is a, a, an appropriate criticism, mm-hmm. but because, listen, $10 billion, dude, that's a lot of money. That's that's I think that's ranking right up there, probably in the top, like, 10 fines. I think that the companies have paid. I, I could be wrong. Pretty high I mean, up there, yeah. It yeah. sounds like a big one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's in everybody right now. Everybody. even Everybody. This is one of those things that we've covered several stories over the past, you know, several months where, you know, they first started talking about the PFAs. Uh, and they found that it's in everything. It's and linked per- to permeated everything. Like yeah. thyroid disease, liver, kidney, testicular cancer. So yeah. Does it not make sense that when you see these these studies or these articles in the medical websites and stuff like that, where they're like, you know, there's a spike in this or that or whatever, and mm-hmm. we just don't know why? Uh, we're well, we're, we're surrounded by this stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've we've gotten to the point where you can't get away from it. I, you know, it used to be at one time you just think, oh well, I'll just go live out on a mountain or something like that. And it's like they're finding out that you can't even do that anymore. It's it's, it's in the air, it's in the water. Coming down, yeah. So uh, if they're fined this much, where does that money go to? Does it actually go to help remediate this stuff? They say it's not at all about cleaning it up from the environment, which seems to be a task far beyond uh, mere mortal men. But um, remediating it is something I've been addressing for a long time homeopathically. Um, you can utilize those things in a homeopathic form to elicit in a, a detox response or reaction which is good but you know the teflon money, yeah teflon's everywhere yeah teflon that that began they, they that was a big thing apparently here it started in the 40s i didn't realize it was that long ago uh everybody everybody's yeah. you know been around teflon right that was the big thing the non-stick pans we all had it now right i haven't used it in decades but uh, many people still do even people that no. are kind of naturally inclined it's have you ever network. owned any waterproof jackets or stain resistant carpet yeah, a lot of that. Everybody, everybody's mm-hmm. been exposed to that. Food wrappers. Yeah. You know, everybody's been around that stuff. So over the years, you know, now they're finding it's in it's everybody's blood, it's in the dirt, it's in the water, it's everywhere. In fact, it says mm-hmm. here, a study suggests that they're, that the uh, PFAs mm-hmm. uh, are in 98% of Americans' bodies. Yeah. That's why I said uh, basically in everybody. So, they, they, you know, the rise of cancer, it's not one thing, it's a little everything. 
That's why every little bit that you do to minimize exposure, to stop putting extra stuff in, gives you a leg up or an opportunity to overcome things that in concert with everything all of the time becomes overwhelming and eventually you can't compete. Now, I, I don't want to be a, a doomsday kind of a person, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't see how it's possible at this point to, to, to function, go about your daily tasks, mm-hmm. you know, go to the store, drive somewhere in your car, something like that, without coming into contact with this stuff because it's, just, it's become a part of life. Yeah. Everything they're surrounded by, everything probably in that studio that you're in, that I'm in, uh, everywhere this stuff exists it's there every time you go to the store you, you you know you buy stuff that's wrapped in the packaging you know and that's not even going into places like talking about bpas and stuff like that you know yeah. that's a whole different thing it, it's around us everywhere so it's i don't think it's a thing anymore that you can i suppose you can try yeah to lessen it mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't get rid of it at this right. point yeah. unless unless you live in a, a hut on the side of a hill, you know. Uh, but this is why we do talk about, from time to time, detoxification. You have to. We have uh, many banners on the website that will lead you to things that will support the binding and excretion of these synthetic components, including, you know, the energy bits we've talked about as well, where you get 20% off the RSB20. Um, you have access to that as a chlorella and uh, spirulina combination. Oh, by the way, there's a carnivore bars available now at the discount. Yes. yes. Uh, let's see what else we got in that uh, site there. We got the echo water combinations. There's the energy bits. There's the folium PX, which is a huge, huge thing. You guys don't really understand yet fully how powerful this formula is in terms of binding and, and, and antioxidant, all of that. Uh, let's see. There we got some of the. Uh, colloidal version of the zeolites zeolites that can bind and excrete things as well so there's a number of options maybe you are drawn to one over the other we want to give you options and also get you there the best price possible uh, so check out all those banners and if you're not sure what the discount codes are for various things check out the tab at the top where it says more and it'll pop up you know the deal all the different deals that we have available for you uh, to get well and stay well hopefully all right drinking water i hope you're drinking echo water uh, Echo Technologies is the hydrogen we utilize. And we have also a, a question yesterday about saunas. Do you, who asked that question about saunas? Do you remember? Uh, no. Because they were asking about like the wooden saunas. I mean, look, if you live in a huge house with more room that you know what to do with, and you want to fill it with a wooden sauna and you can Lula. pay Lula. And if you Lula. can pay for the electricity to, 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 to heat it up, which takes a long time in those big things, Knock yourself out. Have fun. I don't like having my head in the in the heat saunas personally. That's just me. Maybe you do. Uh, I like sitting in. As you see, the Synergy's on behind me, but I don't think they have that anymore because that you know Synergy's gone now. It's uh, Echo Technology is focused on water. So the other thing that I've used this over the years, my buddy Phil Wilson, who I've featured on this show, has the Relax Sauna, and I talk with him today. I said if I let people know about your sauna and they call you, I want them to get a little bit of a discount or anything you can do. Mm-hmm. And so he activated the code RSB to get you a hundred bucks off if you want to get a relaxed sauna. And I, I didn't bring it down yet, but I will put it back there uh, so that people can see the one you can get now, uh, the relaxed sauna. And we'll talk, we'll talk about it on the air. But for Lula, we should get him on the show. Yeah, we could do that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and Phil's been on the show over the years. It's been a long been time. A while. Yeah, I've known him for like thirty plus years as well. 
Uh, so he's been at it for a long time. I think he'll be, I, I know he'll be at the Las Vegas event, the Biomed Expo. I'm pretty sure uh, he might be at a number of others. He usually is at a, many of the events I'm at. I'll, I'll see Phil and you, you'll be in there and see it and try it. So uh, on that, of course, that can lead to dehydration. If you don't hydrate, drinking water, you want to sweat. I want to sweat in the summer. I'm more sweating outside in the sun when I can, but yes, I still, I, uh, in fact, just a few days ago, I was using the sauna coming off of the trip, you know, just wanting to get stuff out. You know, you're exposed to things on these trips. I'm like, sweat it out. So even in the summer, sometimes I will use it therapeutically. But what about when you dehydrate? How do you rehydrate? Most of you here say, I'm going to drink a glass of water. And hopefully that water is at least filtered, if not with hydrogen in it, even better, with the echo water. But there's an article here on Fox News that says, Hydration Nation. Clients clamor for IV therapy on demand, even though it's not FDA approved. Now, I find that funny because if it is FDA approved, I'm a little bit more suspicious of it. That's just my the nature of me because of what I know about the Fear and Death Administration and it's a captured agency. Hmm. So they want to go through safety guidelines and warnings about IV hydration clinics. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but in Las Vegas, they have these things. They're mobile. Like, because people go out and party and drink all night and they're like, oh, I have a hangover. And they sell them as if they're the cures for hangovers. Partly they are because dehydration plays a role in the headache and pain of a hangover. The alcohol dries you up. It's a diuretic. Yeah, it's more than yeah. uh, liver and stuff. So it's not just about um, saline in the vein, so to speak, with IV fluids. They'll often, you know, put in some vitamin C or electrolytes and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is not the same as eating food with nutrition in it. It's it's different. And we've talked about IV chelation therapy as amino synthetic amino acids like Dr. Batar would utilize in an unusual circumstance to bind and, and claw out, the, for instance, the mercury. That was uh, an unusual exposure in childhood due to vaccines or other things. But in this case, it's primarily, it's kind of a, if you look at this picture of these two models in here, like, this is so racist. Like they're two white people in white robes, <laughs> smiling, <laughs> drinking water with black lemonade. black people get hangovers too. I mean, no, no. This, I, I, I bet you there's probably some Asians that would probably right. uh, you know want to do but, this. Think too. about it now. And if they were thinking about it, if this wasn't Fox News, then you would have rainbow-colored clown noses on these people and 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 purple hair and. Who knows? Do drag why. queens and use IV uh, therapy? Right. Now, this is an eye stock photo. It even says that. So, for whatever reason, they chose oh, this. Like, okay. a bunch of white supremacists at Fox, right? <laughs> uh, you can't help but joke about this, right? Because every picture you have to ask questions uh, about what is the hidden meaning behind that picture? All that right. So, showed? listen, I've heard of this IV thing. There are people that will go get vitamin, specifically, there, mm-hmm. you know, it's vitamin, you know, uh, uh, drips and stuff like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been around for a while. This yeah, here in particular, though, they're focusing on the hydration part. They call them IV hydration bars, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like a spa type of a, a situation, uh, and they go and get a saline solution, or it's a blend of vitamins with electrolytes mm-hmm. um, in order to counter dehydration from either overexertion, flu-like symptoms, or just plain old lack of fluids. Um, I don't know how much this costs. I can tell you that there have been times when I've had some kind of crisis and I've ended up like in an ER. Yeah. It's just a handful of times over my life. Yeah. Uh, and they will IV do fluids. They'll give you the IV mm-hmm. fluids. And I'll tell you, you do notice a difference. You do feel better. Yeah. Um, so I don't dispute that. I don't because. So I'm looking at this though and I'm going, all right. So why are people doing this? A, probably because it's trendy. 
right? You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, let's go to the IV uh, hydration therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look at them. They're they're wearing the robes, you know, and, yeah. and drinking the whatever it is and stuff they're like probably that. Probably getting Botox while they're doing it. Could be. Yeah, I'm sure there are probably other services that they that they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, you know, or B, I guess it should be. Yeah. Um, I I I think maybe is there a level of maybe laziness here where it's like uh kind of like what we were talking about with the ozempic pill mm-hmm. right you know i should be drinking water but drinking water it sucks having to sit there and remember to drink the water and you know i can only drink so much water and then it gets kind of sick of drinking water stuff like that i can just put my arm yeah. out there and, and get hydrated now sure. i don't know if there's a downside to that well there's always a risk anytime you penetrate the body uh unnaturally which is, you know, when they, when they hook you up to it, that you could get an infection, you could get, you know, a wound, you could bleed out. I mean, uh, look, the people that run these things should be more than qualified to do it. You know, you could always check if that's the case, but it is an artificial construct, isn't it? It, it, It's one thing to have IV fluids when you're severely dehydrated and it saves your life, for instance, like on, you know, heat stroke scenario or something like that. It can really be a difference maker. But this is a, a kind of a concierge frou-frou thing. And if you've got disposable income and you want to spend it that way, again, knock yourself out. I'm not really judging you on that. Although I made a joke about Botox Superdon. And a couple of the nice ladies, uh, I think they're in their 30s, maybe early 30s, um, that that work out at the gym that I go to. And they're, you know, they're always like, I joke with them about diet and eating better. And they're, they're aware of it. They, and, and none of them got the jab. They were very aware of how dangerous the injection was. So their children were kept from it. They didn't do it. But now, you know, I come to find out that like every six months they're doing Botox in addition to all the other stuff that they do. I'm like, what? Botulitum. Botulinum toxin. And, 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 and so once again, it comes to the vanity thing. I mean, these are very pretty ladies. I don't dispute that. I'd say that. No, there is some uh, risk to, to doing of that. Of course there is. And, and it's my point of all of these shortcuts to stay as you perceive to be young. I'm like, dude, why don't you just drink the copper hydrosol three times a day? Sovereign copper three times a day. And I told them their homework assignment last weekend before I went out of town was to get their girlfriends together and watch the movie Death Becomes Her. (laughs) And then report back to me, you know, what you see. Because that is like the ultimate, you know, Botox to the extreme, what that movie is about. Meryl Streep and... uh, who else was in it? Goldie uh, Hawn, was Goldie it? Hawn and Bruce yeah. Willis. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very funny movie at the same time. It's kind of like, ooh, gross in a sense, but funny too. But yes, it points out the fallacy of trying to live young forever. And I don't mean that, you know, look, at 57 Super D, I feel like I'm living younger in many ways than I was when I was chronically ill in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But it, it isn't that I, <laughs> I'm not willing to inject toxic poisons to make sure that no wrinkles happen for me. In fact, had I known, we joked about this yesterday as we brought up that picture from, what, 14 years ago? Do you have that available to show again? Dude, more hair and browner hair. Both of us were like, whoa, look at that 14 years ago. I wish I had access to or knew how critical copper was all these years. I probably would have still a lot more hair and it would be brown like that, right? Like, whoa, I remember that 14 years ago, huh? So Those were the days, my friend. I think despite whatever, we're aging okay. I'm not complaining too badly no. at all. But at the same time, like, man, had I known about copper, um, you know, maybe fewer wrinkles and and I'm not Mr. Wrinkle guy, but the hair, look at how brown look it was. Look at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where's your ponytail? That did not exist. Did not have back, happen back then. No. You would have oh. gone much farther back. I'm just encouraging y'all that if you have any vanity, and I'm not saying we, we're not, all of us, none of us have any vanity, right? We don't want to look good. I mean, everybody, I think, wants to look good. But what are you willing to do? I mean, destroy your liver, like with Ozempic or other fat pills, so to speak, or inject toxic poisons into your face or lip fillers. And I was like, really? Really? Okay. It's a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> I'm a freedom There's guy. If you want to do it, I'm not going to ban you from doing it, but I'll try to encourage you. That might be another way. There's a huge market out there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big Silly. <clears throat> Ooh. All right. I see this other story I wanted to cover. By the way, uh, if you want to get the Folium PX, that's another thing that you want to age more gracefully. Antioxidants, supercharged food, antioxidants, foliumpx.com, Folium Relax, Folium uh, Immuno as well. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, <laughs> cheering up. I don't know why. Um, so happy that I can share this with you. RSB10 to get 10% off your Folium order. Uh, it's keeping G. Edward Griffin alive and well. It's helped my mom and so many others. And y'all check it out. If you're if you're at a plateau, you're peaking, and you're like, I got to break through. How do I break through? Consider Folium PX, 10% off RSB10. Now, I was joking about the uh, picture of the IV couple. You know, it was a nice stock photo or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It's because everything's racist. Everything's tainted in, in racial politics, apparently. But not body mass index. That would never, ever BMI. fall BMI. Yeah. But the American Medical Association, which is not one of my favorite organizations because it was founded in 1847, three years after in 1844, the American Institute of Homeopathy was founded. The AMA was founded to wipe out, if it could, homeopathy, its main competition. They're still around, although far fewer percentage of doctors are members because they know it's a, just a scam group, if there ever was one, promoting anything that's really not good for you, wanting to drug and vaccinate children, wanting to not tell your kids that they're old enough, if you will, to, uh, to to get a vaccine, even if you don't want them to, for instance. That's the kind of stuff that they would do. They'd drug every, everybody they could. AMA, big pharmaceutical conflicts of interest. So this article says that the American Medical Association now deems that uh, body mass index measure is racist. Racist. It's racist. BMI is racist. Why, Super Don? You know, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that they are using that that word incorrectly in something like this. Hmm. Because it's not like the body mass index is like a, a, a living, you know, entity that, uh, you know, went out and, and used the N-word uh-huh. or, or just, it can't, uh, the BMI cannot be Racist. racist right right now it, 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 it's is, an it is it not an objective measurement of percentages of things and weighing it out to come to this numerical conclusion the bmi that regard doesn't know what color your skin is or what you believe in or anything like that i mean how is it you to your point how is it actually racist unless they're saying that the bmi is slanted to make worse scores for certain races of people correct for instance yeah but then again, if you look at any given, if you want to divide humans into different races, there are within each race a wide variety of body types. Some taller, some shorter, some wider, endomorphs, mesomorphs, ectomorphs. You talk about body types, body typology. So how could it then be racist? Because there could be people with similar shapes and sizes that have a variety of different racial backgrounds. To me, this, again, further delegitimizes the AMA as yeah. being 
any credible source of information, much less scientific or medical information. I, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's so easy to use the racist label on mm-hmm. things. And I, and I think it's just, it, it, racism exists, but I think when you can take the word race, racist or racism and apply it to a bunch of ridiculous things that literally are not racist, uh, you know, it, it, then what it does is it, it takes away from the impact of the word. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, why not just say instead of saying it's racist, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, Jesse Jackson, you know, <laughs> jumps out the window and comes running. What is he, is he still alive? Jesse Jackson? I don't know. Guy, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. Makes me wonder. Anyway, mm-hmm. the, 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 the way to describe it is in one this, this paragraph here. Where it says, according to the announcement, the report outlines that uh, harms and benefits of using BMI, which actually is something Robert, you've said for years, yeah, that you don't agree with the BMI anyway. That's something well, I'm not you're on record. BMI, yeah, yeah. But it says here it deems uh, is an imperfect way to measure body fat in multiple mm-hmm. groups, given that it does not account for differences across race, ethnic groups, sexes, genders, and age span. Yeah. Why did why couldn't they have just said that? Right. Right. Instead of calling instead it of throwing the the clickbaity you know no. R word out there. Maybe the AMA felt lonely and needed attention. I guess. Yeah. It's kind of dumb. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a generic or generalized, broad generalization. When you apply it to each individual, it it may not be appropriate. And, and you know, what do I say about the BMI, the body mass index? A lot of it is focused on fat to, to muscle ratios, things like that. Um, and, and I think there's an absolute obsession with lowering fat to ridiculous levels. And that seems to be the ideal. And I'm like... Here I am, you know, I'm, am I happy that I'm not carrying around so much weight that it's hard for me to walk and run and kick? And Yeah, of course. But at the same time, I know that in order for me to age healthfully and gracefully, that fat is an essential part as well of the storage of energy and also, you know, the compounds that produce the youth hormones. We talk about uh, endocrine compounds like t- cholesterol, which is your precursor to testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone, youth hormones. So, you know, the obsession with eliminating fat altogether is it, it's not balanced and it's not medically justified, scientific often. And also the other consideration BMI doesn't take into account is what's in the fat you're carrying? Or, or is there any uh, uh, discussion or education that goes on with the BMI result? You go, oh, your BMI is off and you go, okay, what are the ratios? Why is that? Hey, doc, what's in the fat that's of concern? Is it the fat itself or is there something that's holding? And they never go into the something it's holding. Yeah. The is there a way that you can find out? Well, that they, gets in. Can they do like a test or something like that? To... Well, that's when you start analyzing the fat in a different way. You're right. And, and you're looking for th- different things rather than just fat or protein content or muscle yeah. content. And now you're measuring toxic poisons, a little bit like what we talked about with PFAS. It's very specialized testing to find out, you know, what's there, what's in there. I guess you could do it via biopsy, but I don't, I don't like the idea of biopsy if you, you know unless it's extreme circumstance puncturing the body and taking tissue out to analyze it uh, but there are uh let's say a, i don't like the word assumptions but i think it's safe to make an assumption about in general if you're carrying excess weight today with more fat than they consider to be healthy it is likely due to not just overeating in some cases not overeating at all but the defense mechanism or the adaptation for survival to dilute or tuck away the toxic poisons that your body is now unable to keep up with and bind and excrete right away readily. Like I talk about my story of being born 
in the 1960s and the doctor said, hey, uh, he's allergic to breast milk. He doesn't do breast milk. Give him this powdered formula. And I rejected it via projectile vomiting it out, which was an appropriate response to toxic poison if you read the label. And then if that's all you're given, the body cells go, hey, we're going to die here. We got to do something different. We can't just outright reject every time this, this stuff comes in. Now we adapt to survive. We find the good stuff, if there is any, to survive on. And now the toxic stuff that we were rejecting outright, we got to deal with some other way. And that's where you begin the accumulation in the viscera and the fat and different cells or the organs. It can become problematic and circulate and cause cardiac inflammation, heart inflammation, et cetera. And, and so it's a different way of looking at things, I'll admit, but I've been at this for a long time. I figured some people might have figured it out by now. But this discussion of BMI being racist, they're not looking at any of the things of consequence that really matter when arguing about why BMI is good, bad, or somewhere in between that. Oh, BMI. You know, it's interesting as I'm, as I was just kind of scrolling down here, looking at this uh, article, apparently uh, there's a, a, a thing called the Commonwealth Fund. Are you familiar with the Commonwealth Fund? I've heard of it. I, I can't say I'm very familiar with what it They've is. They've got an moment. article here. There's a link to it here. Um, mm -hmm. It says understanding obesity as a disease. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a podcast here. And this uh these, these people they were talking about obesity its history mm -hmm. including the racist origins of the body mass index oh there are origin points that they say are racist too apparently so i have not read this so i don't have all the info here um mm -hmm. but uh apparently they're looking at the origin of bmi when it was when it when it was made which i believe was in the 70s mm -hmm. is when they came up with bmi that apparently there was some kind of Oh, wow. They're even talking about Hitler and Nazi Germany and stuff in here. Okay. Uh, framing of Nazi Germany by Adolf Hitler. Subsequently, in the 1930s and 40s, the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company sought to determine what was considered to be normal weight status for white men and women that were insured by the company at the time. Hmm. Hence the term morbid obesity. Um, wow. Okay. No, the morbid obesity was based on fat white people. Interesting. Hmm. So it's reverse Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, huh. I, I like to look at those pictures occasionally that pop up uh, on the social media where, where you have people on the beach in like 1970s and you're like, where are all the fat, where are all the fat people at? Yeah. Right. Where are all the people on scooters, you know, trying to get around <laughs> the, the beach was too far. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't get there. No, but seriously, you look at the de the degradation of health and the the loss of what was considered a healthy human in terms of well general uh, general uh, you know and and I think it's a combination of things. I mean, mm -hmm. a we can talk about the toxicity situation, yeah, uh, where you know that's caused people to I believe to 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 gain weight. You've got uh, a lack of of uh, activity because if you think about it, everything that's been invented over the last 50 years has been to make it easy to do things while sitting on your butt on the couch. Right. That's, I mean, that's just like the, you know, the, the, the next, the, the end of the world invention. started with the first clicker. There you go. Control, there you right? go. And then, um, what else, what else would be causing obesity? The food. I mean, think of the food, the situation 50 years ago, you know, uh, what's changed over the last is 50 well, years long enough though. Really? I mean, probably have to go farther than that, huh? Food devoid of the key vitamins, processed minerals, food. minerals, essential. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So you got food that are empty calories. You'll, you're never satiated. Your, your body is starving for actual nutrition. So you interpret the signal of hunger, even though you calorically satiated theoretically, but not minerally. So uh, when we have the minerals back in, as we talk about the cravings that are associated with chromium and now vanadium deficiencies leading to hypoglycemia and diabetes because we can't manage the energy coming in, much less the stored energy and get it back out without those minerals. And so, you know, people that ha have a craving, they can't uh, uncontrollably hungry all the time. We replenish the minerals. We break the cycle of a lot of that hunger. Now, there might be emotional reasons. When we talk about emotional eating. I, I, I don't know about you. I never could do the emotional eating because the nerves would make it so my digestion would be, and I always had bad digestion growing up. So I was like, you know, I would emotionally fa fast, <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't eat, right? Too, too nervous or something. Yeah. Uh, so my, my uh, digestive system was shut down. So emotional eating couldn't. Yeah, and that's, that's not uncommon. Yeah. yeah. You lose your appetite mm -hmm. type situation. Um, but, you know, what about diabetes? I, I saw a, uh, a study just a couple of days ago talking about, and I just looked it up here. Over 1.3 billion people will have diabetes by 2050. Why is I, that? Well, I don't, I don't know that we'll have 1.3 billion left on the planet if we keep this up. Not only, <laughs> you know, the, the COVID jabs that are leading okay. to more infertility and miscarriage and everything. But the fact is you can't keep reproducing if you can't manage your blood sugar. You're not going to survive long into adulthood to be able to reduce. So that's another aspect of, of where we're going when they make well, the, and the fertility thing. That's another thing, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've seen stuff on that where it's talking about how uh, fertility rates are going down too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all going to die. Let's just Naomi say we're all going to die. Naomi Wolf has covered this extensively. We had her on recently again. And um, look, I, I know that there are people that will be able to reproduce as long as they stay away from this stuff. And we'll have, you know, the few healthy kids out there that are not vaccinated, for instance, and that haven't been tainted with the mRNA that's creating a race of people. And I, I talk about the human race now, all of us uh, that can't reproduce. And at that, that point, then we get in again, the transhumanism, the idea of lab grown kids like they like to do. These are the, uh, you know, it's a whole other view of the you world. You know, that stuff's so going far. on. Yeah. They, 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 they like to, to, you know, talk about how, oh, no, there, there's a moratorium and no, you know, we, do, we wouldn't allow anybody to do that. You know, that stuff's going on somewhere. Mm -hmm. Somewhere there's a lab somewhere that's being paid for by somebody covertly where they're doing these science experiments and they're trying this stuff out. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a trip to think about. Mm -hmm. Cloned kids and lab grown yeah. embryos, synthetic oh, embryos. Was it, was it a Schwarzenegger movie that had Repet? Or is that a real thing where they clone your pet? Uh, no, that's a dude. That's a, I haven't thought about that in a while. Is that a, was that a real I remember thing? that was, I wonder what happened with that. Huh. There was a thing where they were saying that they would, uh, that you could clone your pet. They, it it costs like, a, I got to look that up. It costs like a, an enormous amount of money, but it was, uh, around the time when they were talking about, what was it? Dolly, the sheep. Mm-hmm. Remember the the clone yeah. sheep that they did, and they were they were saying, "Oh, we can do this now," and there was a company that would uh, would do that for you. Did they get shut down? I don't know. I, I actually I haven't thought about that in many years. I'd have to look that up and see what what the deal is with I don't that. Know why. I remember that as a science fiction movie, but maybe you know who? No, can no, no, no. I want to say that that was a real thing. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, let's give a shout out to our Canadian friends while you're looking that up. Um, the Western Standards reporting that the federal government, a study there showed that Canadians hid their COVID-19. Those lying Canadians. Status. What is that? Those lying, lying Canadians. Canadians That's I not tell nice. You. That's not very nice. Let's talk about why, if they were lying, why they were lying. And uh, I would blame, in fact, the government as to the reason why Canadians might have been a little dishonest on this in a moment. You find okay. the repet thing yet? I did. Okay, tell me about it real quick. It's a real thing. Uh, here's an article. Let me get this over to the right browser here. So it still exists? It still exists. And uh, come on. <laughs> trying to do things too fast here. By All the right. way, my son's trying to get back home from uh, New Hampshire uh, from the, the pork fest. Yeah. And afterwards, they went to Portland, Maine to tour it. And then uh, they went to catch their flight yesterday. And all the, the the storms on the East Coast, they were supposed to fly through Charlotte, canceled their flight at the middle of the night. They canceled it. And then they were, were sent. They had to go to back to Portland, had to Uber back to Portland to catch a flight that was supposed to leave at 6 a.m. Mm. And it left at like 2.30 in the afternoon. So he's like, he's beyond belief, my son. Out as long, of his mind as, long right as he's making some kind of progress. Well, finally. But you can. Yeah. I'm used to that because I've done enough trips over the years. He's not. And he's like. It's like, what is going on here? How come this is happening, right? Mm. And I feel for him. Going I, back I, to that karma thing, right? Yeah, exactly. We talked about it. All right, so, so check this out. This is from uh, April of yeah. last year. This is an article out of the BBC. Pet cloning is getting more popular despite the cost. Uh, and there's a picture of a guy there. John Mendola had his former dog cloned to produce these two genetically identical replicas right here. Mm. So it is something that's going on. It is really a thing. Now, let me see if it goes into talks about the, the cost here. Where's the cost? It's somewhere. To, here we go. So there's this firm that will clone your pets for you. Uh-huh. The firm charges $50,000 to clone a dog, $30,000 for a cat, and $85,000 yeah. for a horse. Wow. Uh, number of Did anybody talk about the results of this cloning? Has it really like have they got a dog that looked like the dog, but it's like this is a completely different dog. It doesn't behave at anything like it, right? I, I'm just thinking if you would interview their customers, is it worth it? Would they do it again to get a look alike that isn't the same thing? Here's Blake Russell pictured here with a horse clone. Huh. Um yeah. So apparently it's a real thing. See, I think animals are sold too. Yeah. And that you're, you're cloning a physical being or thing, but what's going to inhabit that thing? Is it the same soul you came to know as Sparky in a it's, previous lifetime or not? I it's uh, kind of like that movie Pet Cemetery, right? Oh. Remember that? Or Cujo. You never know. Or, or Mr. Mom. Remember Michael Keaton, the clones got dumber and dumber? Uh, I do kind of remember that. Yeah. No. There was a... There was a, what was the name of the movie though? It was Mr. Mom. I thought it was. No, wasn't it no. like, du I don't know. Duplicity or something? Duplicity. Mul multiplicity maybe? Multiplicity. Yeah. I thought it was Mr. Mom, but okay. Yeah, you're right. It probably wasn't that. All right. Back to Canada real quick to wrap this thing up before bonus round. Uh, according to an internal mem memo from the Privy Council office, Canadians concealed their vaccination status when questioned by federal pollsters. I, you know, look, I'm proud of Canadians for lying to their government. <laughs> Actually, excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Smith. Have you gotten your vaccine? Yes. Yeah. Sure, I'm all up to date. Sure. Yep. I'm up to date. Yeah, why wouldn't you? With all of the pressure going on, if you're like a day behind, they're going to come and shut you down, lock you down, they're going to uh, lock you out of your bank account. Who knows with Trudeau? 
Federal pollsters discovered 68% of Canadians reported receiving a booster shot, while the Department of Health figures indicated the actual number was 55%. So at least 13% were lying. But I, I, look, I've got no problem with this kind of lie when you're talking to the government, the agents of deception. Why be truthful with them? I'd say why answer them? Why engage them at all? If you could not at all, it would be even better. But, you know, what are the consequences? You know, if they say, oh, you're not? Oh, well, let me uh, make an appointment for you, Mr. Smith. Or, hey, you know what? Right out back, I, I coming with me right behind me. And just in case you said no, we got the shot for you, right? Why wouldn't you, you know, at that point? It, 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 well, and it's the same. You remember here, there mm-hmm. was a, a thing where, you know, they put everybody on the honor system uh, yeah. about wearing masks, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. Right. What about... So, yeah, why would somebody wear a mask if if they didn't have to, right? So here's the question as we wrap up the show and come back to the bonus round in a moment. Ethical, moral dilemma. What would you do if it was an honor system and they said, look, if you're not jabbed, you lose your job. If you're not jabbed, you can't go to uh, whatever. We're not allowing you to do something. And it's just the honor system. They're not gonna, would you tell them the truth so you could uh, not see you locked down? <laughs> or would you go, yeah, yeah, I'm up to date. And then what is the moral or ethical obligation to tell the truth in such a circumstance when the technically the mandate, it's a lie, right? Well, the mandate is so unconscionable, if you will. Right. How do you sort that out with your creator as far as whether thou shalt not lie justified? Is that one of the, right. uh, one of the commandments? I don't remember that. Let's talk about that when we come back from this brief break, Heading into the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you for being here. You, me, and Super D. We survived. It went pretty pretty fast, yeah, too. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you still want a little bit more, join I us. I think there's still three people listening. Three people here? All right. If they still hang on, we'll do a little bit of bonus round 60 seconds from now or instantly if you're listening later on the podcast at the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. We already have one response in the bonus round here. This was right from Steve. It's not a lie to say you're fully vaccinated, even though you declined the COVID bioweapon injection. Since the CDC and FDA have redefined the word vaccine, so can you. I like the creativity there. If they can do it, why not you? Now, uh, is this, though, a decline in moral compasses? Or is it a legitimate... Rationalization. I got Yeah, is it rationalizing a lie? Or is it going, hey, God... These folks are lying to me. They're lying about everything. And I don't want to lie, but but when it comes to my survival, my ability to work, I got to tell them a whopper that's not a whopper compared to what they say and tell them I'm fully up. You know, if they ask you, you know, or have you been jabbed? I'm, not, I'm up to date. And in your own mind, you're talking about who knows what. I I mean, I'm asking sincerely. I got, I don't know. I have an opinion about that. I think I, maybe it's developing. Maybe Super on you do too. But when it comes to dealing honestly and openly with a government that is not honest or open, <laughs> that deceives you, and and if you, you know, if they deceive you, nothing happens to them. If you deceive them, even by accident, you end up in jail or losing everything. There's something incongruent about that in terms of honesty. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You've not addressed that or talked about that ever? I got, well, I mean, I, I, let's, let's go with, with the concept here, you know, mm-hmm. um, is it okay? 
I don't know. I guess it depends on how hardcore you are <laughs> about that whole thing. You know, you remember I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the way he handled it. That was quite absolutely. Well, yeah. It, well, here's a good example. If you're yeah. going to a Braves game and you want to get in and uh, you tell somebody blood sugar. Yes. Are you, are you lying because you said blood sugar? Um, you didn't lie. Yeah. You just said blood sugar. Well, right. It, it, let's put and that just because context. they thought you were you were suffering right. from low blood sugar, mm-hmm. um, just not. Let's let's put that in context <laughs> so everybody doesn't know that story. Back many years ago, and this goes back to the uh, Healing Strong event in Atlanta. Was it ten years ago or so? Uh, Ty and I were in Atlanta, and and I, that was my hometown for so many years, thirty years. So I was like, let's let's take a tour of Atlanta. I took Ty around, and we. We ended up heading to the Braves game back in the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. I think it was before they tore it down or it might've been, no, it might've been the new, no, no, it was the new one. It was the uh, Olympic stadium. They converted. Now it's something else, Turner field or whatever it is up in uh, North of Atlanta. So again, it was the transition stadium from Fulton County stadium. Now it had been Turner field, but it was the Olympic stadium that they converted. So anyway, we get there. It's like the seventh inning. I'm like, Hey, maybe we can get in right. Seventh inning. If the game's almost over and you know, people were, leaving the game already. And, you know, as we were walking towards the the stadium, people were, you know, heading out in, in the parking lot and leaving. And, and I, uh, some guys just gave us their used tickets, you know, you guys, you know, you can have tickets forever. So we go to the, uh, you know, seventh or eighth. I don't know. It was like toward the end of the game. We go to the stadium entrance and they say, Oh, you can't come back in. Once you leave, you can't come back in. And, and, and I, and I said, this is, this reminds me of what, um, Star Wars, the first one, episode four, but the first one, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for, right? That, that <laughs> Alec Guinness, uh, Obi-Wan thing. Yes. And I, I, it just out of nowhere came. I just, I just looked at him and I said four words. This is exactly what I said. Medical issue, blood sugar. That's what you're referring to. And, and I didn't say we had a medical issue. I had low blood sugar. It was no, all I said was medical issue blood sugar and they in their minds filled the rest in and said oh come right in (laughs) and so we got to watch the last inning or two innings of the game and you know from the back just standing up and watching it It was fun oh here's a picture of me and ty this was actually when we were moving out west some years ago uh heading towards uh the west through tennessee we went to this is not the same game no that was not there is a picture that does exist from the braves game and you have to go back further i thought that was it all right yeah, we we and you could see us in the in the stands overlooking the stadium, the Brave Stadium at that time, and uh, uh, we have uh, Bobbery is texting me. No folium mentioned today. Bobbery, pay attention. I've brought up folium twice today and Indeed and you talked did. glowingly about it. Where have yes. you been? You like the show and you didn't. We hear even me showed that. the banner on the website. That's right. We showed That's the right. banner, and I told everybody, folium, Bobbery, I love you, my brother. You know that. Uh, and and I enjoy promoting. Honestly, it. I can't remember a day where you haven't said something about folium. Yeah, because I want everybody to try it. I'm right. serious. This stuff is amazing, and we we've, we've covered it with uh, many guests now. And I want more. I want to talk more. We're trying to get Frank Cousineau on from uh, the Cancer Control Society. That'll be Labor Day weekend in L.A. And he's he's uh, on it, uses it, promotes it, and, and supports it as well. But foliumpx.com. Remember. It's uh, the Folium Immuno, Folium Relax, and the Folium Original Product, the Super Antioxidant Blend, and it is a botanical. It is food for this for the body, mind, and spirit, I believe. And if you hit a hit a wall or a ceiling and you want to break through it, this is the stuff. Uh, foliumpx.com and check out 
the discount code RSB10 when you get it. Save a little bit as well. Wow. Aubrey uh, checking up on you there. Huh? Aubrey's a character. He knows it too. <laughs> anyway. So you got a little camera in your studio there? Right. So, no, I'm finding the camera picture of the Braves game back 10 years plus now. It exists somewhere on the in social media as well, okay. where he and I were overlooking. It's kind of shot like that, but but from the outfield, looking under the, into the stadium, it was a night game. And uh, like I said, there, there are other shots of us touring CNN, uh, and and I think we, we made some foul faces looking at the American Cancer Society in Atlanta as well. That was a fun fun uh, weekend we got to spend together there all those years ago so all right. and didn't the Braves make an awesome comeback in that game yeah I think Steve if you remember correctly uh we were watching I think people were leaving because they thought they were going to lose and they ended up winning so it was actually a whole a big hoot it was a fun thing to do it's one of those adventures that you're like and I think teachable moments now Superdon thinks I'm teaching people how to lie I didn't in fact lie <laughs> I said four words <laughs> with no claim whatsoever. And they filled in the blanks and they said, come right in. <laughs> so what are you going to say about that? I don't know. All right, I think, I, I, think mm -hmm. I think I found it. Okay. <laughs> I think this yeah. is it right here. You did. I think you found it. Let's see if that's it. That's it. There it is. Yeah. So this was after the game was over. We walked down behind home plate. I didn't remember that was the shot, but yeah, the game was over. It was emptying out. Uh, we went ahead and went down to the, the field level just to get a, a this picture, you know, from the game. And uh, that was it. So, cool. Nice find, Super D. Nice find. All Good right. memories there. And and Ty has told that story many times, too. <laughs> it's a very funny story. Medical issue. Yeah. Landshark. Hmm. What is this going on? Let's see. A question here from Margaret. Why did my optometrist keep doing retinal scans? I, I, I would I would think it would be unusual if you said rectal scans, but but that's what it is. Why, why did you have to go there? Well, the thing is, in my mind, if you're an optometrist, <laughs> this is what you do. You do a retinal scan. Not like so for me, that's not an unusual thing. It's like, but if she had said, Why does my optometrist keep doing rectal scans? Yeah, now you've got a legitimate question. It's like, that doesn't make sense. That's like the wrong eye or whatever. Don't be looking there. You just yeah. wanted to say rectal scan. Be honest. Come on now. It, well, it just, when you see retinal, didn't you see rectal? No, no I did not. Liar. Now who's I, lying? I did not. Now who's. Because I said optometrist. I knew it was good. <laughs> anyway, why do re right. optometrists do retinal scans? It's almost like why a joke question. Why did the optometrist cross the road? Yeah. Well, they usually want to detect uh, retinal detachment, weakness yeah. in the retinal uh, yeah. connection. So. That's most common as far as I know. If you know something or if there's an optometrist in the audience that knows more, by all means, let let loose on it. Uh, so who are those whippersnappers, Lori says? Oh, in that picture? Yeah, apparently. That was a while ago. Do we look old now? Is that why you said that, Lori? That's not very nice. You do have more brown hair there too. But what, what When you, was that? What year was that? I think it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 11. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Both the, of you the guys look different. That uh, was uh, from what fourteen years ago that we showed earlier. The picture, you and me. I think it was for fourteen. Yes, years. fourteen yeah. years. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. What else? You having fun in the bonus round? Uh, you know, I I would want to know if other people are having fun because it doesn't matter if we're having fun. 
I thought, I thought it was all about you. Everybody's like, oh, man. Super Don having fun or not? If Who not, cares about this stuff? Did you right. see uh, Roseanne Barr has gotten herself into trouble again? No, I didn't. What did she done? What did she Apparently, say? Apparently, she was she was doing a uh, a uh, interview on Theo Vaughn's uh, podcast. Do I know this Theo Vaughn? Theo Vaughn, he's a comedian. You see him quite often um, hanging out with guys like Joe Rogan and stuff. Okay. Um, wow, that's zoomed in. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It is bonus round. Yes, we can tell. We can do that. What is it that you said? The headline, Roseanne Barr recancels herself. Nobody died in the Holocaust. Roseanne Barr is uh, Jewish. Do you know that? She is. Yeah, so tell me what she actually said. Nobody died in the Holocaust. What did she say? Well, here's the thing. She said it in, uh, it was satire and sarcasm. Okay? That was what I would think it would be, right? Yes, it was. She was saying that, and then she also, she said that it, the, that nobody died in the Holocaust, but it should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world. Yeah, she that's was doing this sarcasm. Yeah, it was total sarcasm. Yeah. But now, yeah, there people are going after her again now. Once, well, once again, the the speech police are. You can't say that. You can't joke about that. You can't. Hey, you know, and that's exactly that. what they're saying. They're saying, yeah. oh, you know, even if it was sarcasm or satire, you know, you should never say that. That is not funny. And, and so, uh, as one with Jewish heritage and descent. I will tell you that that's bull snot. Yep. There's an, ultimately, if you're a comedian or if you're trying to be funny, I mean, it might fall flat. It might not be funny. It might be insensitive on and on. It goes, but freedom of speech is the uh, freedom to offend. Yes. And you will not get a freedom not to be offended if that's the you case. Know, it so, used to yeah. be, you know, you know, so people get so offended so easily now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny because if you go back to when we were brought up mm-hmm. and you look at the comedians that were funny then, yeah, at the time, uh, none of them would be around today. No, they There's no way that people could more, handle yeah. that because they would come yeah. out with a joke, and it was obviously, oh, it was crude, yeah, or it well, was just too soon, or something yeah. like that. And they would tell the joke, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh man, I can't believe. Is it just said because that. we're Gen X that we're like, just get over yourself, and, and then and, 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 and then and then it was over with yeah. at that point. Yeah. It wasn't something where it's like, oh no, to I, I I need therapy now because somebody told a joke yeah you know i mean is it is it is it poor taste maybe, maybe we're out of time i guess because we don't find <sighs> that banning offensive speech is advisable or supported by the u.s think about people like richard pryor and yeah. and sam kinnison and yeah. and eddie murphy i mean look at some of the stuff eddie murphy did in in, in the the um yeah. the most popular stand-up routines that he did which was eddie murphy raw and it was eddie murphy what was the the other one that he did i can't remember i don't remember the name of it yeah um uh, the the one he did in the red leather suit and the other yeah. one he did in a blue one right. and i can't remember what the, but you know um offense from start to finish yeah yeah absolutely and you it's groaned comedy. you know you're supposed to groan at the really bad ones mm-hmm. but they were still funny you could still laugh right yeah or choose not to laugh that's fine but you know, I in this case, it. and who is it that's trying to cancel Roseanne Barr for that uh, a sarcastic comment about Jews in the Holocaust? Well, let's see here. What's the name of the group? Um, is it the Anti Defamation League? I think so. Yes, Anti Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt. We can make fun of his last name, right? Yeah. Tweeted sarcasm or not, Roseanne Barr's comments about Jews and the Holocaust are reprehensible and irresponsible. This isn't funny. 
and shame on Theo Vaughn for letting it go unchallenged and instead Greenblatt, you know what? Yes. You're not funny. But that's okay. We might have a different uh, opinion on what is funny. In fact, everybody does. Things that I find funny, my wife will look at me and go, you're such a teenage boy, right? Right. Does that mean, oh, well, it offends me and you find it funny, so I'm going to cancel you? Greenblatt? ADL, where's where's freedom of speech? ADL doesn't support it. And this is not anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish, what she said. She's acknowledging that some people do hate Jews and would like to see them wiped out, interestingly enough. So it's biting comedy. And what she said is like, there are people on this planet that believe that. Yeah. And she was really making fun of them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Greenblatt has lost a sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, that's never a good sign. You know, the sign of someone you want to hang out with is, do they have a sense of humor? I mean, honestly, honestly, do you think that anybody who is watching that, that show, that, that podcast, that when Roseanne Barr said those things, they suddenly, it it was like a switch and they suddenly, you know, went and found their, their local uh, Ku Klux Klan and, and signed up, you know, I mean, it's just, no. You know, uh, Steve is know. Uh, very, being very offensive to uh, environmentalist wackos. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we will need to ban global warming to protect the snowflakes. And then that, of course, is really offensive to snowflakes. Oh, that was a joke, huh? Yeah. I get it now. You got it? Okay. Good. I get it now. I get jokes. But you didn't think it was funny, so we should, like, ban him from the show, right? From the audience? But Yeah. Well. Canceled. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. She's uh, you know, this is trending on Twitter right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of fallout there is because she just recently came back, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're gonna try take her out again over the comments. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll work, but yeah. <sighs> you shall see. Hey, I noticed uh, one of the banners, sweetcornorganicnursery.com. Yeah. Uh code RSB five, five percent off orders for ten bucks or more. That's uh um Brian Jones, Farmer Jones, and her buddy mm-hmm. Doug, and they have this inoculant they call it, like a mushroom inoculant. So you know, if you don't want to buy and have to ship large bags of of the soil that he makes, you have the these smaller bags of the inoculant that you can add to existing soil to make it better. The soil treatments. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I was just thinking about that for those of you who are having trouble growing, and I said the key is having good soil. You know, it's like I don't have a green thumb. No, no, no. Your soil is bad. And you don't water your plants. <laughs> Those are the two things that could go. You're, it's not you except the watering part. But the soil, if the soil's not good, you can water it all you want. And it can be problematic. So uh, check that out as another option for growing in season or out of season. Maybe do indoors too. Do you water every day? All of your stuff? Every day? Uh, it, uh, no, it depends on uh, the intensity of the heat for some. You know, middle of the summer where it's really, really brutal and dry. Uh, right. But because of this Hugel culture modification, it retains moisture a little bit deeper, better. So you can get away with skipping a day. But there are some cases where there's so much drainage and so much heat that, that it dries that quickly. And then so some right. cases you do have to, depending on where you are, water every day. I have not watered as much this year so far as I have um, in the past. Yeah, um, but they're doing okay. I, I, I got some, what did I, what was that I got? It was like, like potting, you know, like organic potting soil mm-hmm. that is made to retain um, moisture. Yeah. Because of the stuff that, you know, that's in it. Um, and I mix that in with the dirt. And so I've, I've noticed that when I, when I water, 
that I can go out there and the next day it, you can still see it's was still wet. Mm. Um, and so I, I haven't because I don't want to overwater. And what, yeah. I, what I've read is if you overwater tomatoes, you can kill them mm-hmm. or they can, um, they can get those cracks in them. Yeah. The tomatoes because they're right. just, they've got way too, too much too moisture much, yeah. going on. Yeah. So it seems to be working good so far. All right. I'm glad to hear it and see it. We got to get some more pictures. We've out only there. been like in the seventies, you know, mid seventies. So it hasn't been no. super, super hot. Well, this year, uh, we decided to grow more c- calorie dense stuff. So we got a lot of potatoes growing this year, which is, you know, it's, it fills you, you know, it's like you really are growing something that you can, and you potatoes can, potatoes are like one of the more. easiest things to grow, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It, you it, just it, take it's, a, a piece of potato and just stick it in right. the ground. But the yeah. difference is this year we've got better soil. Thanks to Brian Jones. So we're, we're already seeing some benefit to that really amazing growth. Here's a question. How quick, how fast do potatoes grow? I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the, the, the leaves fat grow fast. Yeah. <laughs> how fast do the actual underground potatoes grow that? I don't know. Because you I haven't done them much. yet. This is the first time. No, I did some last year, but I, I let the whole season grow. And we got some potatoes. We get, you know, we got a number of pounds, but it wasn't like the carrots, the carrots we had dozens of pounds of carrots mm. but then the soil wasn't as good and you know we weren't this again we're learning each year too to do better is it here's my question is it too late for me now because what are we we're in june now no no you can plant potatoes now yeah and would i have potatoes before the growing season's over yeah you would have some yes okay and and they're a little bit more resilient even after the first freeze as far as i'm concerned because they grow at depth um so you have some and so what happens you take a you take a like a wedge of potato Mm-hmm. And you just stick it in the ground. Well, you want to make sure the eyes are budding. Oh, before you put it in the ground. Right. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Otherwise, okay. you, you'll never know. But if you know it's already started to grow, then yes, it's going to. You okay. don't have to cut the potato in half. You can put the whole potato in if you want, but you can cut it in two if they're both budding and you have two different plants at that point. Mm. So you have to have some potatoes and let them sit around long enough that you start. they start to grow. They start to bud. And then you know. Because not then, some, they're not all viable. Sometimes you get And them then how not. far under the, the dirt do you put them? Well, I, I tend to put them deep, but I, I, I don't bury them all deep. As you first started seeing the, the growth come up through the, 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 the earth that you've covered them with, then you throw more dirt on that, and then and it grows through that. Throw more dirt, and it, it elicits from what but I But you completely cover the potato when you stick yeah. it in there, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. correct, okay. correct. And well, maybe I'll try that. 110 to 180 days. So that's, that's like six months. Well, it could be three, four, four to six months. But as I said, uh-huh. there's leeway there. Because of the underground nature of it, if it's not a super hard freeze, like through the winter months where you'll get some freezes early on, it's not the deep freeze that you're trying to take a pickaxe. Yeah, so October at the earliest, gosh, everything else is going to be, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we probably won't, we usually don't get our first snow until like November. Right. So, okay. I would would go ahead and plant something right away and get some, some potatoes. I think you'll be okay. All right. But yeah, find some that say that they are a little faster, like on the lower end of the 110 to 180 scale of days. Anyway, good stuff. Good talking. Cool. Good talk. Good talk. All right. So coming up tomorrow on the Robert Scott Bell Show, tomorrow is uh, what? Wednesday? Uh, Tomorrow is Wednesday. Yes, I believe that's correct. So uh, we will not have Ty Bollinger. Yeah, he's uh, working hard on the Remedy uh, docu-series. Let's see. I've got we'll it. Have, I got a, Michael Hitchborn, I see, is our Michael first Michael Hitchborn. Hour. 
let's look at this website here is associated with his email address. Uh, Lepanto Institute, the Lepanto Institute. Uh, wow. What is this? Um, okay. I'm gonna have to check with, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check with, uh, uh Kevin. Okay. And find I know out what's going, going on there. All right, RSB Family Union, you guys, there's still a little bit of room left at Leslie's place, and I'd love to see you there. We're all making plans for it. For those of you that are considering it, it's coming up. I want to see you there. It's going to be fun. And, Leslie, how's the pie making? Do you have your plans to satiate me? I want to make sure I come out of there. You have to roll me out. <laughs> I've been in training to be able to do this. Is there a pie eating contest that weekend? That'll be fun. Are you eating it or are you wearing it? A little of both. Yeah, she's got she's got her pie uh, plate happening thing on. All right, very good, Leslie. Excited about that. All right, well, that's all I got. That's all you got. We'll be back tomorrow. That's a lot. Um, Thanks for being here, Yumi and Super D. Yes, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you for sharing the show, especially. Remember the AMA coming up for the uh, patron supporters. Zoom AMA July first, uh, noon noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific. That's this Saturday, by the way. And that'll be our June AMA, and we'll do another one later in July. We'll figure that out soon, too. All right, guys. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow.